When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Chiefs Kingdom, I love you guys. This one's for you. Kelsey at the bottom is going to come in a little short motion. Mahomes looking that way, throwing that way. Kelsey got it. Touchdown. Hurts by himself in the backfield. Threat to run and throw. Crouches down. He wants to run it. Oh, the ball's out. He kicks the ball. It's picked up by Kansas City. They're going to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. A defensive score by Nick Bolton. End over end, shorter punt. And Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can need to block the punter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline. At the 30, he's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in play. He's down to the five-yard line. Tony ran out of gas on a 65-yard punt return. Clock is going to be out of time, and the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. It was just all hard. We knew we didn't play our best. We knew we didn't play for each other as much as we wanted to. That first half was just, you know, it was a big moment. It was a big game. A lot of guys playing a little uncharacteristic, and we were just able to, you know, regroup at halftime and figure it out in that second half, man. We were flying around. MV, Pat, you can't say enough about hey. what this guy means to Kansas City and this team. I, I told y'all before the season, we got we got Coach Andy Reid. We got guys like Travis Kelsey, Chris Woo! Jones, Frank Clark. We're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to celebrate this right here, baby. Anybody else here? Big red reflection. Are we going to see a go big red reflection, DB? That's what I heard Mitch Holtz say. I think that's what he said. He was acknowledging the fact that, you know, Nebraska football's on the up and up there in that call. Is that what he was talking I, about? I believe so. It's uh, coffee and cream in the morning. Go big red. Go big red. You think it was Sorry, like, I had a, Is that what he was talking about? I thought so. There was a there was a, so packed some silly stuff weekend yeah <laughs> lot lot of man and and I have to be careful man because you know I was you a don't know guy. where to start no I was I was a little guy you know I I I played you know in the backcourt I was not a guy that got a lot of points in the paint unless I was trying to get to the basket because I couldn't shoot but man I. I'm having to kind of simmer, Donna, because I do want to go hard in the paint today, but I'm going to cut some folks for some slack because for they know not what they do. Oh, I think they do know what they do. I almost texted you last night and said, man, are we going to get into officiating talk again? (laughs) Which is fine. 
I mean, I know. 888-638-4876. You know the most disappointing thing? Is when media gets involved right. in it. Stop fueling the nonsense. Just stop. And I'm telling you, sure as I'm sitting here, I'm here for it all morning. Don't, don't like, you can add us. That's cool. I'd love to respond, but call us. Let's talk about it. Because the amount of crying and whining and being so choosy about what's what is maddening. It is absolutely mm-hmm. maddening. So if you have a hot take, make sure it. it is well put together. Put together. Because uh, the I, DB train's coming. I'm just in the mood to chew you up and spit you out. But it started like, and I, listen, I'm here for it. I could be You're wrong. On it today. I doubt it, but I could be wrong. No. And here's the other thing. You know what it started with? All weekend, people trying to tell fans how to be fans. Mm. I'm like, what are we talking about? Don't do this. You should do this. They've you been can't saying that do- for weeks now. Bro, I, I don't understand. And, and I think you know me. And I don't know who got me on this. Maybe it was severe. Maybe it was sharp. Maybe it was somebody in my former life. It was like, hey, listen, we, sh- we shouldn't be in the business of telling people how to be fans. Right? As long as you're not causing bodily harm to somebody or threatening those around you in terms of imminent danger, do your Mm -hmm. thing, right? Like, it's a you want a competitive edge. You're there supporting because you want to help your team try to win games to the best of your your knowledge without having the opportunity to contribute. Not trying to not trying to rob you of that. So. These people, man, I, I just sometimes you just I just shake my head. I so, just I just shake you know my me. Head. I like to play lighter fluid more times than not. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was at a Chiefs Super Bowl watch party last night. And right when I got I don't over know there, how you do that. Right when I got over there, fly Eagles fly, <laughs> fly Eagles fly. Walking through the door. Listen, I wanted to. So I told you I was torn. I thought the Chiefs would win, but I would love nothing more than to see. Hurts get, get a one. Super Bowl yeah. because I wanted to validate what I thought when he was drafted in the second round. I'm like, this this guy could be. A he good, doesn't need a Super Bowl to be validated. He, he could be a good NFL quarterback. So I kind. I heard today on Max J Will. What, yeah, was it Max? Whatever it is, yeah, it's, it's Keyshawn J Will and Max. I got there. I heard today that they pulled Jalen Hurts as a top three quarterback mm. in the league. In the league. Recency bias. Right, but he doesn't need a Super Bowl to make your case. Oh, I hope is what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, he's so, turning heads. So I felt good about at that. At a national level. My only real reservation is, is my heart in Pennsylvania resides with Pittsburgh and not Philadelphia. So Kenny Pickett, top five quarterback for you? I had to, like, reconcile that in my head. Could, would, I, would it bug me if in the Keystone State Philly was the representative? Not really, because – when it's not the Steelers, I really didn't care, right? So, but, but I'm just telling you, like, the whole weekend, and, and this is where I had to, like, really calm down. I spent a ton of time by myself this weekend. Like, so did I. Like, like, literally, a ton of time by myself. And I was like, you know what? I was places. You were places. Why do I? I yeah. You were by yourself. Yeah. 
even when I was watching, it's just by myself. I shoot, I watch, watch Miller North's girls basketball team. I don't think anybody was in, was was within six feet of me. Yeah, how was senior night? Senior night was okay. I, I I'm gonna I need to ask the powers that be why they do that in between games, and not just let the girls do the girls thing and the boys do the boys thing. Like th- that's I mean maybe they want like. Unfortunately, the I student th- section, but that's what I was going to say. Unfortunately, I think there's more traffic in the later game, yeah. so they want to give the recognition when most are there. I think that's the mindset, e- even if it's sometimes it's just even if it, yeah, not super. Okay, I mean, okay, I won't die on that hill, but I found myself wanting to just like have sit downs. I just want to just like like talk to people. Right, like I, I saw this on Twitter, so I was like, "Hey, if this is what you're gonna tweet out to feel good, why do you tweet stuff like this? Is this you, or like, hey, this is what you want people to do? Like, where does that come from, and what? Like, I want to know how. It's just me, right? I just want to know how people think, and not that I'm absolved of responsibility, but you can always ask me why I think what I think because I'm very accessible." Right, like you could you could hit us up, you could you can tweet at me or whatever. Like I'm super accessible, and I'm probably going to entertain it. So I I just I want to do that with other people because sometimes 265 trillion characters on Twitter doesn't do it. Sometimes you just want a good old fashioned talk to. But it was that was a very strange. Wow, is this what we're coming to in the sports world kind of weekend? I'll tell you what, though, in regards to Super Bowl Sunday, that was one of the better football games that I've seen in a long time. Plus, it exceeded your expectation when it came to scoring. You did not think they were going to touch 70. I I didn't think it was going over 51. Um, Yeah, and they were three touchdowns over that. And it's just like bang, bang, bang. But – and that was not even a credit to poor defense. That was just moving the football. Some really there were some good, breakdowns. Really, really good pitch and catch. Real good play design. And designs. talk about play design. Let's talk about this for a second. Andy Reid in the second half. I mean, he did such a great job of scheming, guys. The touchdown to Tony and the touchdown to Moore, Moore excuse me, were things Absolute beauty. How about Sky Moore's resolve? Absolute Remember when he beauty. was Kansas City's whipping boy about three quarters of the way through the season? And it all changed with a punt return for Sky Moore. The guy that couldn't catch punts and mm-hmm. people were kind of scratching their head a little bit. Oh, Sky he Moore. He gave me, and this is not like a, a head-to-head example, but he gave me DeAndre Swift vibes of year one. Swift had a bunch of plays in his first year in Detroit where he dropped touchdown passes, and people were like, this guy was touted for catching footballs mm-hmm. out of college. Why can't he do it now? He'll, he'll be better in year two. He'll, he'll put his head down, he'll go into the lab, and he'll figure himself out because there's going to be a lot of transition in regards to that, to that wide receiving group, and they're going to need him to step up. Uh, so I just like just a ton of good play designs. and You know, if you've never tried to – to stop or defense Philly's run game with like true triple threats. And when you can pull with an uncovered center 
And it, like, there are just so many little intricacies where I was like, yeah, this is a handful. I mean, A.J. Brown getting a chance to work one-on-one. The very first big play of the game, that didn't have anything to do with design. That was simply, I think my guy's better than your guy. I'm going to give my guy a chance to go make a play. <laughs> and double coverage. And that big monster went and made a play, right? Yeah, so I, I, thought the, I thought the game was fantastic. Um, and, 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 again, uh, listen, William Floyd still fumbled in the bowl game. They didn't call it. There was still no clip in Florida State, Nebraska. They called it. Jesse James caught that ball for the Steelers against the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Scottie Pippen and New York Knicks, they still called that a foul. Like, this stuff happens. You cannot get into legislating when you should do something and when right. you should not. Because you'll never, you'll never win. Mm-hmm. You'll never win. This, I'm telling you, the same people. That were like, oh, man, you can't call that then. That's not defensive holding. Are the same people that were, would tell you at the end of the Bengals-Chiefs game that they didn't call holding. Right? It's like, you, are we really going to sit here and act like on, the, on one drive you saw the essence of the inability of the NFL to decide what a catch is? If you're in the field of play, you need a third step. But if you're in the field of play and you're towards the sidelines or the end zone, just control the ball. So Philly fan or people that were so the Eagles are getting a break, you guys are cool with that on the very same drive, two things. And be honest, be honest, which one of those look more like a catch real time, Sanders or Goddard? I'm here all day, 888-638-4876. But then we want to get into the spirit of the rule. Right. Then the spirit of the rule matters. Uh, But not when it's a DB holding a receiver. Then guess what matters? What time of game it is. Because if if you're the spirit of the rule guy, (laughs) that's a defensive hold. The the DB, you know what Bradbury said? Hey man, that's on me. Him. That that is on me. Which that's a whole kind of shoots down every do you, every but, argument. But do you know? Do you that, know that why I get up. like this? Do you know why I get like this during officiating talk? Yes. This is all we're taught to do. Mm-hmm. Coaches teach players control what you can control. So it's a condition. You don't make excuses because every coach and every player wants to play in a game where it doesn't come down to that. And if it comes down to that, you're somehow conditioned to think that's on you. So it's just natural. I can't help it. Like your coaches will tell you at least six, 17 times during the course of a week of practice, you need to play in such a way so it doesn't come down to this. You need to leave no doubt so it doesn't come down to this. So that's all, that's all competitors really know. And you're taught ownership. I, I, to, I told you, what, what was I standing applauding Coach Rule and the staff for at the end of the clinic? The cycle of a play. Right? I didn't even put it on Twitter, but the cycle of a play. Do you know what it was at the end of the play clock when the play's over? Own it, snap it again. Own it, snap it again. Like, what are we talking about? Right. Well, that was a third step. Oh, nope, you know what? 
control on the catch when he was going out of bounds. Hey, if he's in the end zone, the minute he crosses that deal, we're good. Like, are we really going to do that? You'll drive yourself crazy trying to trying to legislate it. it I, I laugh. I, 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 I seriously laugh when we get into this. So there's some things I want to address, um, and I want to address both parties when I say this. Uh, first, there was a tug. Was it a lot? No. Does it happen on every play? Yeah, probably. Do I like the call being made in that moment because little tugs come and go? No. Did it decide the game? Yes. But there was contact at the end of the day. And plus, when a, a DB comes out and says there was contact, well, every argument kind of gets thrown down the drain. He admitted to causing a penalty. Second, all those Chiefs fans and people out there, and I know there's a lot in our audience, and I may not be attacking all people when I say this, so don't take it as if you're going to go into defense mode here. But everybody out there saying the Eagles got outscored 24-11 in the second half. Quit crying about one call. That may have to be the worst attempt at an argument in all of sports. You coughed up a... Ten- so- but teams cough up leads all the time. And, and that doesn't mean that one call can't have an impact on the outcome of a game. If you're winning in a game just because you play poorly at some point doesn't mean that you deserve to lose we're, we're, at the end of the game. We're, we're validating Jalen Hurts this morning, right? Correct. Was Jalen Hurts part of a scoop score touchdown going the other way? Uh, he was a part of that. Was that his fault? Um, yeah, let's just say he dropped the hey, football. So what did the call have to do with you guys letting Kadarius Tony catch a punt on the run mm-hmm. and go 60 yards mm-hmm. in crunch time? And I'm not saying that the call do, do, do you know what I mean? decided this game. But this, what I'm saying is I hate when people say, well, they were outscored 24-11 in the second half. Like, you, and you're going to focus on this one call? And it's like <laughs> hey, people lose leads every single day. How does that go again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get 24-11 and you're outscored. And, oh, here we go again. I, just, I, I hate that argument, too, because why are we talking about a team that – did not perform as well as they did in the first half. Just because the other team performed better than they did in the first half to tie the game, essentially, at that point. What are we doing? Man, that doesn't mean that, hey, I played poorly and I can't have a better final five minutes of this football game. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. go, Man, I hate to make this about Westside, but go back and watch Gretna's go-ahead drive when they scored, when Weber creased us on like that 19-20 yard run. Go back and look at the calls on that drive. DVD's out. It's a fit. Go back and look at those calls. The roughing, the passer, the blind side to a running back. Those aren't penalties. But guess what, though? You know what our coach said on the headset? I'm swear. Listen, Coach Lamanji hit us up real time on our headsets, fellas. Get control of your groups on the sidelines. We're in this for the long haul. No BCD. You know what BCD stands for for us? No blaming, complaining, deflecting. We didn't like it. Thank goodness those were in that order and not a different so order. Th- so that's, re- I mean, two minutes to go. It's hectic, right? It's like, oh, my gosh, this is really going to happen to us again. No, you have to recalibrate because that's the beauty of coaching and playing. You get the opportunity to overcome that kind of stuff, and you don't talk about it. It's like it, it, 
you, I've been triggered on this show probably three or four times, right? Two of or three of them have to do with, with officiating. Talk. Officiating. Get over it. And you know me, I kind of fall in the middle more times than not. Whether it's hey, dude, they're flawed. Like, it, 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 they're hu- it, it's they're exactly. they're flawed. Exactly. Like it is hard. I watched rest man. I watched a couple of calls on the mat this weekend and the Big Ten, and I was like, ooh, I don't know. But then I'm thinking to myself, gosh, you know what? 197 pounders aren't supposed to look like that and be able to be that explosive. They probably don't see moves like that mm-hmm. a ton. Like, what happens if, Drew Down, since you're wearing your eagle green, what happens if they don't call that hold on Juju Smith-Schuster? In the first quarter? No. In the, in the, in the, on the, oh, I'm sorry, at the end of the game. If they don't yeah, call that, me. aren't uh, we having the discussion the exact opposite way? I don't, I don't know because really? I, I think at that point in the game – you know what it would turn into? He could have got there. Well, how do we know he couldn't have got there? <laughs> right. That that probably would have popped up. But I think at that point in the game, the talk, the talk really became, "Hey, this game pr- got pretty boring once the three minute mark hit." Oh, because fuck. they got a first down and now they're taking knees and they're just playing okay. for a field okay. goal. Okay. okay. Two things. Are we going to act like the Eagles just didn't give up a five minute drive? Oh no, hundred percent. Are, are I'm we? With you. Are we really going to act like like what five? Don't give left. that guy back the ball. We said that, right? Right. Sure, it's easier said than done. But you, they put together a five. They were scoring in like 12 seconds. And all of a sudden, they put together a five-minute drive. So, so let's play calling. So let's say, okay. But, I, but that's what I was saying. Like with, When you said, what would it look like right? right? if that didn't get called? People would be probably more enthusiastic about the game. So the Eagles the get the ball back with, tied. what, a minute Thirty, right. and they're down what three? three. See, Butker made made the kick. Okay, they're down three, and now you get the Eagles the ball back. Does that mean they win, or they just had the chance? To no, win? I so think it's I think it's more butterfly the ex- effect. I think it's the butterfly effect. I, I think it's you. more excitement for the fans at that point. But that's not to say that that would even happen, right? And and you know that's also not to say that Butker misses that kick, right? And now it's tied. They get the ball at the 40. Eagles go down and score. Or, you know, they kick a field goal win. Or Bucker makes it. They tie it. We go to OT. There are so many scenarios that can get thrown in. That's the excitement fans wanted and were looking for. They just didn't get it because the Chiefs are so good at clock management. You know what the players are don't, doing right don't now? Don't hate the player. Hate the game. You know what the Eagles players are doing right now? It's, they are wishing. They're, looking, they're going back kicking themselves over things that they could have done differently mm-hmm. to not put themselves Correct. in that position. Yeah, they aren't blaming one call. They are thinking about everything else that happened. Hey, why did our special teams unit not get to Tony on a kick that, which let's credit Tony here, the fact that he had to bend all the way over with his momentum going toward the football, to, it's hard enough to catch a punt whether it's coming down at you and you're standing straight well, up. The Eagles were the better team for darn near almost three-quarters of the game. Hey, so listen, when the, when the Kansas City took the lead in the fourth quarter, I said to myself, how in the world are they winning this game? It seemed like the Eagles were in control. I don't know what – I don't – it was kind of a Jedi mind trick. I don't know what happened, but the minute, the first time that the Eagles had the punt, you're like, and well, then they, they get the return. And you're they like, had everything aligned for them. I mean, they had the guy that was setting records that could have been the MVP. I mean, they had the lead. It was just, it was all there for three quarters, and then it just, it just fell apart. I mean, they even had the better game plan. I thought coming out of the out of the shoot. They, 
They clearly, they clearly look like the better team. But I think we thought that going in, right? When I said last week, I couldn't believe me, they were a dog. You're like, why did you? Why did you like? Why do you like the Chiefs? And I was like, well, I know. Full disclosure: I think the Eagles have the better roster. They have the better team. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly, and it and it played out that way. But it looked like the Eagles were the better team. A lot more still to di- discuss with this conversation. We'll do that next. We'll get to our poll question. Michigan Lance, stick around. We will get to you at the start of the next segment as well. We appreciate your calls, 888-638-4876. We've got a three-hour show today ahead. We will get off the air at 10 o'clock. I know you're excited about that. It's and exciting. I will give you the full lineup when we come back as well. Stick around. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hill Varsity Radio. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Townsend will hold it. 11 seconds left in Super Bowl 57, 35, 35 tie. The kick is good. And Kansas City leads 38-35 with eight seconds to go in regulation in Super Bowl 57. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and we're having fun on the day following the Super Bowl. We're live from the kind of. Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. I'm having fun. All, you're, you're a little fired up. I did all, ask you. It's all relative. I did ask you coming out of the break, um, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to hold that because I'll set up the show because that'll get we'll get down a rabbit hole. Hey, we probably should set up yeah, the exactly. show. Well, at, least t- we get, at least we got three hours. Well, we, we got we, time. We've got a lot to get to. We have Creighton and UConn reaction from over the weekend. And boy, let me tell you, that game made me want to rip my eyes out. Uh, Sam McEwen at 8 o'clock. What? You're about to add, to add to my point about that game? That was wild. I know. I, hold your thoughts because we've got a lot to get to. Mm. Hold them, hold them strong, DB. Uh, Nebraska basketball, all of a sudden, really competitive again. You know who looks like a genius right now? It's early. I better not give that to him because it'll be another one of our mm. Lincoln guys. I've said that about Kevin Suits a month ago. Right. When Sam said what he thought Nebraska's record could be, and I was like, dude, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and told you that, hey, I think Wisconsin's a winnable game. Yeah. So it, it's definitely in play. Nobody saw right. ten to t- was it twelve to two in overtime? Yes. I yeah, mean, it was a blowout in OT. Like, and I believe Wisconsin took the lead sixty three sixty one. I believe they started off, and that and that was it. They started it <laughs> off. Yep. Uh, <laughs> guess guess what's back, DB? Guess what's back. Back again. Baseball. Oh, I know. Baseball I is back. We'll get into a little baseball talk later on in the show. Pitchers and catchers report today. Let's get it. Um, and uh, position players will report shortly after. That's going to be on the 16th, which is Thursday. Do I have my math right yes, there? Yes, that is correct. Cynthia Freeland will be on with us at 9 o'clock. One of our favorites, or has become a favorite after one appearance. At least she's been one of my favorites for a long time. Uh, <laughs> an- analytics expert for NFL uh, Network. Uh, we'll play Take It or Leave It at 9.30, and then um, – 
I've got something special planned at 9.45, so we'll we'll hold on to that. But before we move on from anything else, let's get back to Super Bowl talk. Michigan Lance, online one with us. Lance, thanks for sticking around for the majority of that first segment to let us get our thoughts out. But now your time. I'm interested to hear what you you have to say about uh, last night's game. I mean, that was a great – I mean, that was a great game. 100%. Uh, that, that, great, that game had everything that what football is and then also everything the NFL is. Yeah, it, just, it had it all, man. From you, had to, you got a, a passing league to a mobile quarterback league to the old school where you still need to run the football, what the NFL and football has always been league. <laughs> but people seem to forget. Um, good defense. Uh, that that's where we're at in the NFL now. It's hard to hold great teams under like 25, 28 points. So, um, go ahead, baby. No, I'm good. Like you know, I just who would have been? Would Hurts have been the MVP if the Eagles won? Yes, no question. Okay. But yeah, that's not even that's up for debate. No, I'm just like, curious because when you uh, looked at the performance, you saw the 15 for 70 rushing and the quarterback sneaks. Right. Well, and the touchdowns. Like, he had three rushing touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. The rushing touchdowns with the quarterback sneaks, but he had the one touchdown pass. I just was curious, like, if that was one of those performances when you're watching him right. real time. I'm not talking about going back yep. at the end of the game where you're watching real time and you're like, that's an MVP performance because when you look Most at this, when you yeah. look at the stats right now, he was I think he was 20, 27 of thirty eight for three oh four. Did it seem like that? I because he only seemed, had the one. Yes, it, it seemed more like that than it seemed. Mahomes didn't throw for two hundred yards. It was such a weird game, right? But hey, how about those? He he should have had another touchdown pass. Your boy can stand bound. Devontae Smith, mm, yeah. that was a touchdown pass, and then the uh, and then the other guy dropped that uh, that ball. I can't remember who that was. That was another long bomb by. That was a great ball by Hertz. The guy didn't pull it in, so most definitely he was the MVP if they won. And he actually, I mean, looking at the, I, I thought he played better than Mahomes, but I thought so too. With the Eagles defense. What the Eagles' defense didn't do well, I, was get a turnover or create a turnover. Hang on, though. And they didn't get a stop when they needed. Do you know how many incompletions because, Mahomes had? Oh, he had a passer rating of 131. He didn't do you know many. how many? So, no, I'm just saying, like, we just casually said he outplayed Mahomes. Right, but it's because Mahomes didn't do as well, much statistically, but he did, didn't we, have Did to. we not see the 30-yard scramble? Yes, to get I saw that? the 30-yard scramble. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, we kind of just I let that, we just let that roll garbage. off the tongue. Like, yeah. he played I'm better than Mahomes. Lance here. We didn't say Mahomes played bad. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. Okay, that sounds like something Jay would say. Just because I said one thing is not saying you said the other. What you guys did casually say is, well, I certainly thought he played better than Mahomes. That's not saying you said Mahomes played bad. That's you saying that – That's you. yeah, you know me. Don't, you don't try to get me. That's you guys saying Hurts clearly outplayed Mahomes. Well, he did not clearly outplay Mahomes. Yeah, he did. Mahomes made clearly. plays. 
All I said was he outplayed him. Like, no, no, but, I, but Michigan Lance, I don't know if he you know. did. Uh, he threw for three scores. He only had six incompletions. He had seven yards per carry on a sprained ankle. I don't know about that. Who was drugged up more, Patrick Mahomes or Cocaine Well, we Bear? saw it on the right. left. Oh, my Lord. Oh, <laughs> no, my. I'm going to lock you two in a room man, together. I'm That's not fine. even knocking what you're saying. Like, I, that was a great performance. I'm not knocking it. I mean, but Jalen Hurts put on a great performance, too. Yeah, like, but you said, you said clearly. You said clearly. I don't know. Oh, okay. We'll have to go All back right. on the tape. I, I, I guess, listen, man, I, let me rate it back in. I'm not saying, like, <laughs> two times better. Yeah. I'm just saying that he outplayed him. Not by a lot, but he outplayed him. And here's why. Because guess what people say that, let's be honest, people want to say Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback, right? And the three rushing touchdowns can mislead you. That man was throwing the ball down the the field. Oh, yeah. He should have had another long bomb with the drop. Mm -hmm. And then Devontae Smith can't stay in bounds and score. Mm -hmm. If he gets that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that would have took a rushing touchdown away and gave him another passing touchdown. Jalen Hurts was out there balling. Like, no there wasn't no Deacon Dunk, Tom Brady, let's throw 30 uh, attempts of screens in Super Bowls. <laughs> like, he was pushing the ball right. downfield and was accurate. So hey. I'm not going to downplay. Jalen Hurts played it. He, he played, man. Hurts 27 he, he of balled 38. Out. I'm a ball out, too. Hertz was twenty-seven of thirty-eight. Mahomes was twenty-one of twenty-seven. They were essentially neck and neck in the you guys completion aren't under, You guys category. aren't understanding what I'm telling you. Though. Yeah, you're saying he played on one ankle. We get. No, it. I do and, understand. And, what you and guess who Patrick didn't Mahomes fumble? Patrick good. Mahomes didn't fumble and give up a scoop score. Hey, he didn't also take a sack. I, exactly, either, I agree. I, yeah, I got you, man. Hey, but <laughs> I'm not sitting here talking about. Hey, Andy Reid, man. I want to talk about Andy Reid real quick. Yeah, okay. go ahead. We Andy got about two Reed, minutes. Let's not have. Hey, let's not talk about revisionist history with Andy Reid. He, the reason he's better is because Eric Bieniemy helped him run the ball. Absolutely, he should have had two Super Bowls with the Eagles. Two Staley twenty degree weather against the Bucks. They didn't run the ball and lost. Lost in the Super Bowl, had forty five yards against New England, and should have won rushing yards. Should have won that game in the Super Bowl. And then now with Eric Bieniemy, they ran over hundred yards twice in Super Bowls and run and won. I don't know if Eric Bieniemy can coach on his own. And I don't know if Eddie Reed can coach a Super Bowl without him, but I know together they're great. And don't be in a rush to leave, and don't be in a rush to get rid of God when things are going good. Hey, let me ask you one more quick thing, um, because this yep. came up this weekend about Nebraska fans treating Chuck with some mm-hmm. hostility, even though the Hepburns love it, right? I mean, like, Greg is laughing in his sleep yeah. about competitiveness. Okay. Did you uh-huh. did you think Chucky was gonna be as we've talked about him for years? Did you see this coming offensively? Uh, yes, but not until his senior year. Yeah, he's a little. Ahead I, of I wasn't on the high trade sophomore year. I told you I needed to see a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because he had a Big Ten offer his sophomore year. I was like, oh, I don't see it yet. But he grew into that, and by the time he was a senior, man, yeah, he's every bit of what I thought he was going to be, his attitude. Even with the five-star, who's the guy, Miller North and Gonzaga? Salas. Salas. Chucky, yeah, Chucky was better than him. Now, you want to talk about clearly? Chucky Hepburn was clearly better than, <laughs> wow. uh, I can't remember his name. Hunter he Salas. Was, uh, the, Hunter Salas at high school. 
I'm sorry. And I Don't knew he was going to be a better college player because he was tougher. He was tougher, and he had that attitude, that that killer, that confidence. Like he, met, Chucky didn't disappear in games and, in high school. And if you're a five star, you can't disappear in games. And Hunter Silas did that a lot. I and don't I'm know, man. Melo Norse got a couple hey, state titles, I though, bro. <laughs> No, hold on a second. Lance, we appreciate you, man. Really, Thanks so much for joining us. We can't just pee on my man like that. Title. Like Salas was a baller. We'll, we'll talk more now. Salas got one state title. He was a five-star. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. There's the Bellevue, Nebraska native Chucky Hepburn. You hear the boos raining down. And that's how you quiet a crowd that's uh, been kind of riding you a little bit. We brought it up a little bit last segment. Let's get into this now. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Still plenty of Super Bowl talk. You'll hear it throughout the show. It's, it's not going to go away today. Hang on. Uh-oh. No, I'm just saying. Are, like, we, at, are we fit following up from our previous conversation when we had to go to break? Yeah, so with the state championship results, Miller North did go back-to-back. Going back-to-back. To win state championships, and they beat Bellevue West in 22-21. and 21. Now, that's not necessarily a Hunter versus Chucky thing, but in 2020, it was Bellevue West won 64-62. So I just don't want to act like – <laughs> One was better than the other. And listen, and they were listen, they were both studs. It's a spectacular discussion, and I look, I'm on record, right? I said if I had a, a game to win, if I if I had a game to win, even back then, I would I would take Chucky, right? Just like I said in high school, because this was a fantastic stretch. You had Xavier Watts at Burke, and you had Xavier one with an X, one with a Z at Bellevue West, and I said if I had one game to win, give me Watts. Now, the the aforement, the two guys that I didn't take, you could easily make the case more upside. So I understood playing the long game, right, between Betts and Salas. You look at the athleticism, the the size, the 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 the, the physical attributes. But at the at the end of the day, I settled in on on winning, like who wins more, because that's always what I'm going to ride with. You can be 6'4 and throw the ball 65 yards, and you could do it on one knee, and, man, you can throw that little bang eight route like nobody's business. But if you wet the bed with four minutes to go or I can't I can't count on you to find a way to get a first down, I'm taking the other guy every day that ends in Y. Did you have a, uh, a problem with the booze on Chucky Hepburn? 
No, I didn't either. No, but I heard a lot of people on social media kind of getting up in arms about even my uh, man, even my man Jacob. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing uh, because it, uh, you know, you, oh, you don't normally see like people at, like I haven't seen it all year. Somebody get booed. Let the fans have fun. That's how I. That's how I took it. You're I, you paid money to go to this game. Listen. You're watching Chucky Hepburn. You're poking at him a little bit. It's not like I didn't take it as far as when I when I saw his dad pop on Twitter and say, "Oh, it's because of the zip code." I didn't take it that far right away. But I thought the fans were just having fun, and, and, and you know and, Chucky and, and, embraces and, that. And, Chucky's and so, a so baller. Does, so does Greg. So does yeah. So. Like you embrace that stuff when you're a, a Division One athlete, a professional athlete, whatever you are, you embrace that's, the fact that's, that's, that somebody's going to hate you. That's why you go. That's what, that's your extra motivation you, to shut somebody that's up why in you a game. Play the game man. I loved the fact that Nebraska started to boo Chucky. I love the fact that Chucky, more times than not, hit the big shot to kind of calm everybody he didn't shoot it well, right? What was he, 8 of right. 20? But he had, to, he had some nice step backs uh, and not at the hey, – how about not the one he hit from the, the, game. the baseline? Yes. Ugh. But how gutsy – I know we were ready to go all in on Creighton and UConn. How gutsy – was Nebraska in OT considering? Do you re- now listen? Do you realize they? No, didn't listen. S- you knew I was about to say did something. They not. They didn't score a field goal the last three minutes and some change in regulation. Neither team and one going away in overtime. Talk about resolve. Listen, if you're not playing for your coach, if or that university, or you're not all in, you don't do that in overtime. You don't. That right there lets you know that Coach Hoiberg has full control and that staff, because he's got some great help, but I mean, and good on him on the coaching acquisitions. He's got some great help in resetting the culture on the fly twice this season. He changed the mentality to start the season, how he built the roster, playing defense, and he reset it again after all the injuries. And it's like... He may have actually done that three times because after Gary and then after Bandamel, he may have had to do it <laughs> twice it's like, mid-season. It's like... What, what a, you know what's great is... And, but I, I, and I get it. There's going to be in my DMs. They're going to tell me about the 31% win clip. There it is. <laughs> You know what's great is I, I, I talked it. to five different people yesterday at random points in the day, yeah. all over the place. Man, who's that Japanese player that Nebraska has? What's his name again? I was like, oh, Tomonaga. Dude, that guy's really good. I said, yeah, at the start of the year, did you even know that they had a guy coming off the bench that could totally stroke it? Yeah. And uh, they're like, no. I mean, everybody had hype on Greasel. Everybody had hype on Jawan Gary transferring. Everybody had hype on Bandamel and all of these other big names. And then here comes Tomonaga out of the dust, and he has been Nebraska's best player since the injuries. Last two weeks, yeah. Since the injuries. And full disclosure, he drives me bonkers. Right, like, I love it. My, I love his. I love his flair. My, I my, love his pizzazz. Every time he takes the, a shot, this dude will stand there and like <laughs> hold his arm up in the air for three while everybody else is getting back on defense yeah. and the oh, ball's being wild. inbounded. He just stands there. He's wild. He's not afraid to sprint back on D once he gets his moment about a second and a half or whatever it is. So you know, like full disclosure, and I and I think he was seven to fourteen the other day. Full disclosure, what I what I have come to appreciate, he his resolve. 
just perseverance because he was the point of consternation in barbershops, on message boards, at the water cooler. Oh, man, he's going to score three, but he's going to give up six. He's going to score two, and he's going to give up three, and he can't play. Listen, (laughs) the ability, and now he's shooting the ball inside the arc a smidge. Now, I could take or leave the little running floaters, but, hey, do what you do. But you talk about, like, just them, play, just him being a microcosm of them playing free-flowing is unbelievable. Like, all of a sudden, Blaze Kata looks like, hey, I'll tell you what, <laughs> could be uh, the sleeper player of the game. Well, they've been, we've been, so if you follow, you know, you talk to these guys that either watch practice or go to, go to practice, like they've liked him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Played a little bit early, Good then all of a sudden kind of disappeared, and you're like, ah. Hustle player. Rehab project, right? And now all of a sudden with more minutes, like the more basketball he plays. It's anybody. And, and now your hand is forced. That's anybody, though, right? Well. The more basketball you s- play. Some, sometimes, though. The better you get as a player. Sometimes you, the more exposure <laughs> You, you give yourself and, and the more opportunity you have right. to show what you truly are. So there's no, there's no but the lock more, stock. the more reps you get, the better you get individually. Some. Like, I mean, that's at least how the adage reads. Some, some, right? Some, yeah. The more reps you get, the some better guys, you become. Some guys, the more they play, the more you hold yeah. your breath. Yeah, you can get exposed for so, sure. I but mean, you would have to say that in I would say the majority of cases – the more reps you play, the better you are. I don't have percentages. I just know it's not that linear. As a coach, I, I can't really argue you too much. <laughs> but you could. But look, you ever you ever had a goalie spell another goalie and he can get off to a good start, but over time things reveal themselves? Yeah, That's but the, those are the things that I'm does that mean he's getting better? Not okay, necessarily. But, but here's the thing, though. You, if you get exposed, what in turn happens? Whether you take to the bench, whether you get sent down, whatever it is. You don't necessarily get you better, You will work on your game. You could, but that doesn't that – And then you come back even it's better. Not that, it's not that linear, though. It's Getting just, better on reps? You get more comfortable. That would easily make you better just instantly. Getting more comfortable in that moment. There's this called real-life in-game situations. And some people – just don't get over that hump because of what it is. I've said this for years, and take it from me because I was a spell the guy. It's much easier to spell the man than it is to be the man. So I'll always subscribe to that age-old adage because some guys are built and designed to be complementary pieces. Not to say I'm not that saying you, that's wrong. Not to say that you can't get better. But at what degree does that happen where it changes the way that you play in games? It's not it's, – I'm not it's, saying it's going to be hit, life-changing yeah, it's, results. It's hit and miss. It's, yeah, I'm not it's, saying it's, it's going to be life-changing. But the more reps you get, the better an individual is going to be, yeah. whether that's for his own personal well-being or whether that's for the team. Just because you, you experience more moments now, you yeah. have a little more cred is that, is to that your like, game. Yeah, is that like Matt Flynn? Yeah. <laughs> Scott Mitchell? Where are we going to go with players. this? There are players. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I would venture to say that they – Although that Flynn is people, $10 million richer. I was going to say, I was going to say there are people out there that would say that, hey, I mean, at least those guys would probably say if I didn't play, I wouldn't be 
able to experience what I did because I did get those reps. So if you're Nebraska right now, how do you want to play? Are you, you're really running that offense through Casey, right? You have to. Yeah, I Sam, mean, feed the hot D, hand. D, D, D Walk was still the man, though. Like he, he is. He did assert himself. Well, and, in and Sam was Sam was really strong during that seventeen hey, point deficit. When D Walk flexed, did you did you see any of the muscles? Does I think D, he's just a does big D guy. D Walk move in slow motion when oh, he has the ball. Man. I feel like when he takes his steps <laughs> the, to the hoop, he travels every time. The guy, but it's just him. because he's so slow hey. in his steps, and that's not a knock on him. It's just what I see when you when you see him turn to go to the hoop because he's so strong he likes to face up to the basket more than he likes to back somebody down and do some type of hook shot this is kind of a weird analogy but i'll use it just because you saw him just this weekend the way that he can use his shoulders and be kind of a below the rim guy where he positions like how he wants to move does he not remind you of kevin stubblefield from a little bit a little bit yeah it's like how did he get that shot he dislodges you Right. With, like, these little subtle touches. Hey. <laughs> a fantastic. Uh, uh, unlike what we'll get into with Sonogo and Kalkbrenner. Right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, we have a lot, I still have a lot to say about Creighton. We'll get, to that, we'll get to that in the next hour. We're going to talk to Sam McEwen next, but just finishing up, we're going to close this pool of thoughts here. Westside and Nebraska, great basketball games over the weekend. <laughs> That's Stop. all I have to say. McEwen's next. <laughs> Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw us where you want to go. You know, that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Hey, top of the hour, 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved in the show at any point, it is Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency 590 ESPN Omaha. I'm, I'm stuttering here because it, it, is 1480, are we 9 to 10 on 1480 this week? I don't is know. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, no, I should have asked Sasha. I don't think it's still, I don't uh, think that's starts yet. Okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to ride that. I'm going to ride that train. It's uh, funny. How many we are live on Twitter, live on YouTube. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know, uh, and we are having fun this morning uh, following the Super Bowl. And uh, let's have some more fun. We'll talk to Sam McEwen now. And uh, as we always do on a Monday morning, we appreciate the sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald to join the show. Uh, he also works for or writes for Husker Extra. Sam, good morning, man. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Sam, we're good, man. What's up with the weather report? How, where are we at in the capital city? It's gorgeous. Oh, come on. It's gorgeous today. It's all come on. <laughs> hey, this, this is going to be the best day, best day of the year so far. And then the next three days are going to be some of the worst. So hey. what, what are you guys getting, 57, 58 degrees? 61. Ooh. Yeah, See, not mad. That's good. You guys are closer to the sun. <laughs> is that how it means? Is that how it works, right? <laughs> hey, Sam, big, biggest winner yesterday. Was it the Chiefs or was it uh, the Bears because we have the number one pick still? <laughs> ah, no, I, it was the Chiefs. Oh. Just, just, just by a little. <laughs> um, good for them. You know, I, I, I thought that was, a, that was a fun game. Um, not a ton of great defense in it, but uh, but there was, you know, Kansas City made one big play, 
and scored six points off of it. And then they had a punt return, and and that that was that was in large part the difference in the game. That and one call by the officials. But and those three things all went the the Chiefs' way. So there were three there were three key things that the Chiefs had that the Eagles did not, and they all went the Chiefs' way, and so they win by three. Sam, I are you surprised that? And, and this is you, and you know you've known me forever, and you know this is going to be a, a hot. I, I, I'm very animate about leaving officials out of it, but why do you think we're so apt to get into officiating when at, at you're, we're ultimately going to lack consistency in our argument? Shouldn't we just leave well enough alone? Because we all think we could be officials. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. Most of us, most of us do not. Most of us know intrinsically that we could not do what Patrick Mahomes does. We, we can't. And so, like, somewhere deep down inside, we've learned in the last 20 years not to pretend we could be Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Some of us figure we could be coaches or GMs, right? Like, well, I mean, we could, I could, you know, assess talent. And, um, but all of us feel like we could be the officials. Like we, oh, I mean, if I if I learned it, then I could do it for a year, and if they put me out there, I'd do the right thing in that moment. And, uh, that's not true, uh, you know. That, that's that's not necessarily true, but but it does. But people do feel that way, and so and then the other thing that we have uh, is we have the advantage of you know slow mo, uh, not watching things in real time. You know, the, the officials don't have the advantage of a camera in the sky um, that can they can help them look at things. So, you know, we, we just have a hard time with human with human nature, and we all think we can be officials, and that's why. Uh, but that said, that, that was a call that you, you got to try to hold off on making in that moment. Yeah. Um, it needs to absolutely be not. Ab- absolutely not, Sam. Absolutely not. If, <laughs> absolutely not. Like, why, so you're, you're okay with saying – if you if you don't make that call at that time and you see the way that that play went, you're okay with having the conversation of that should have been a penalty if they don't call it because that's the alternative. Uh, yeah, I am. Mm. In that particular moment, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yes. Like I think, I think it was. I, I you know, I, I think it was probably a. Um, that would probably have been the way to to, to air there. Uh, but you know, I get it. I get it. I get how how people might have felt the other way. I remember the the pass interference call um, that wasn't called uh, in the uh, Saints Rams game. I remember the pass interference call that wasn't called many many years ago on Deion Sanders in the Sugar Bowl. So I mean, I remember those. And so yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly something to to keep in mind and to remember. Would your mind change, Sam, if it were Chicago in that case? Like if it was your team? No. So what what about what Bradbury said? Does the player matter? Uh, uh to some degree. Yeah, I think that 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 matters to some degree. Um but you know, still. I mean, it's it's just one of those moments and again, like I don't I won't I don't think that's why the game was decided the way it was. I think there's a lot of things that could have happened in that moment and as it turned out, that's you know, it allowed Kansas City to run the clock down, but there were other things in that game right. um, that gave Kansas City the edge to win that game. One of those was the punt return, which was a great individual play. One of those was the, uh, you know, the the scoop and score, 
which I think reflected to some degree, you know, what they thought of Jalen Hurts on third and six, trying to run a quarterback draw. And then the other one, you know, other than the officiating, is that Kansas City ran the football. And the Eagles did not run it as much as they had during the season. And they, you know, they had a few possessions where they, they you know, the, the tide turned in the second half and they just didn't, they didn't make enough plays. I'm, I'm, they're going to kick themselves all off season, and not just because of the penalty. They, they, you know, Philadelphia probably should have won the game, but they lost control of the game in part because they got a little enamored with their playbook and a little enamored with throwing the football. We're talking to Sam McEwen, sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. Toss him a follow on Twitter at SWMcEwenOWH. Great follow, Sam. Uh, there was a tweet that popped up during halftime of that football game, and it came from uh, the Husker football account. Uh, do you think that was a good yeah. play or no on their part? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to set a culture in that moment of saying, you know, the next 24 hours we're going we're gonna to kill it in recruiting. You know, that's, that's what that logo is for. So I'm guessing they were, they were trying. Now, it's possible that they, they set a timer for it and they forgot that it was during the Super Bowl, but um, no, I think they're just trying to, they're trying to capitalize on a lot of people being on Twitter. I think the same thing. Um, yeah. So like, no, they're, they know what they're doing. This yeah. That was a, a scheduled tweet for this sure. This is a strong group. Yeah. This is a strong group of, of coaches and they have a pretty good idea of, of how they want to go about it. Of course, we're in a period right now where they can't go out and recruit. So, you know, there's, there's certain things they can't do in this moment. Um, so probably won't be quite as robust as it was maybe in January, but, but they know what they're doing, and and you know I'm sure this is the moment where you begin to build, uh, you know, toward the visits, you know, those unofficial visits in March. Um, hopefully, you get a couple commits out of that. I'm sure they feel that way, and then you're going to get those spring camp, those spring game visits, and and that's where you begin to hope you you start building the class right then and there. You try, you I, I'm sure they hope to have double digit commits, maybe even 15 commits by the time the season starts. I'm, I'm sure that's where they want to be. Hey, Sam, so, so at one point yesterday, um, Nebraska women's basketball got it to 51-51. Remember, Michigan hit the three to go up 51-48. Nebraska came and tied it. Did you Were you more confident in Nebraska coming back then or when Nebraska hadn't scored the final three minutes and some change and it was 61-61 going into overtime? Who would you have more confidence in real time? I had more confidence in Nebraska men's basketball. Yeah, I did. And I, that wouldn't have been the case maybe last year. Uh, but, yeah, I did. Um, I think, well, first of all, I mean, Nebraska women were playing a better team, uh, which which is part of it. Yeah, I but how that game had that, gone that, on for them to be tied, I was like, wow, they that 7-0 run, I was like, oh, they may be on to something here in Ann Arbor. They might. Um, I think you know they're they're they play very hard and, and they try very hard. They're 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 a player short, and uh, they they have been since South the Winder went down. And, and beyond that, they're just not the same team they were last year. Um, I was talking to Kevin Suits, you know, ten eleven about this. I I think it's increasingly hard for a team to basically run it back. Um, Georgia. Now people will talk about Georgia football, but people will also forget that Georgia football had to replace almost all of its defense. And so it, there was a huge advantage in that, that what Georgia brought back were a bunch of guys that were backups on last year's team and were hungry, especially on defense, uh, to make those changes. And so 
you know, that they played, I think, with a zeal this season, in part because they had lost a bunch of guys. I, I think it's hard to run it back, and I think Nebraska women's basketball is basically running it back this year. It doesn't. It's not quite the same. You can tell, and Hybe being hurt was part of that. Mm-hmm. Weiner being hurt is part of that, but they're just not quite the same team. And um, I think they probably needed to add one or two more pieces in the off season. They didn't do that, and so now they're just they're a player short, and and so they they fall a little short. Now, as for the men, uh, you know, great win. That's that's Man. a that's a really important win for Nebraska, and and. It was a team win. Everybody did. Everybody on the floor did something. Blaze Keita did something. Casey uh, did something. Uh, Griesel played actually a very good game, even though he didn't necessarily, you know, dominate. Um, so I, I thought there was a lot of good things to be said, and and they have a chance tomorrow night too. Uh, they do. They Rutgers is a very specific kind of team, and if you can protect the ball, and I don't know if Nebraska can do that, but if they can, they will have a chance because Rutgers is without one of its top post players. And, you know, Rutgers doesn't run away from a lot of teams. They, they don't score a lot of points. So um, Nebraska has a chance tomorrow night if they can hold on to the ball and protect them. Sam, are you cool philosophically kind of saying that Nebraska has – because you don't answer the dinner bell like that in, in overtime – without having some resolve in a pretty solid culture, right? I think that's safe to say, right? So yeah. are we okay kind of rationalizing and booing Coach Hoiberg and that staff's performance this year as a staff versus looking at the overall win-loss record? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I think that they're, uh, as Trev Albert said last week, they've made undeniable progress uh, in, the, in the program. And I think part of that, is just that you've got a lot of guys on that team who, you know, aren't necessarily fixated on what's the next step for my professional career. Mm. I do think Sam Griesel and Derek Walker will play somewhere, and I think Derek could actually play at a fairly high level. Um, I don't know if that means the NBA, but, you know, Derek's got some skills that, that translate pretty well. He um, played 41 minutes, a, Sam. That's right. Yeah, and he was only pulled because he basically made a couple of mistakes. Otherwise, I think he probably would have played the pull. Um, but I don't think it's a team that's, that's, that's absorbed in, and what am I going to do next? Uh, like, I, I think there's, I think last year's team had uh, several guys where what they were thinking about wasn't the task at hand, but was the task ahead. And, and I think Nebraska got a little caught up in that. And, you know, it's a cautionary tale as to whether Nebraska or really any team uh, continues to pursue one-and-done players or players who come in to college basketball and are immediately thinking about the NBA. Um, you know, I think that's just, that's you know, Creighton's going to have to face that challenge with a five-star that they've got uh, that's interested in, in them. Like, mm-hmm. you have to think about it. Do you want... Do you want to go get a player whose whose mind is half on the NBA um, already, or do you want to go get players out of the transfer portal who maybe aren't that worried about that? And and that's not they 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 know they're not going to play in the NBA for twelve years, and so what they're focused on is being the best college player they can be, so that they can maybe get a chance overseas. And you don't get chances overseas based on 
you know, projections. You, you get chances overseas based on good tryouts and being good college basketball players. They don't, they don't take guys overseas for, you know, averaging three and three and two, uh, and, and projecting six years from now to be a NBA six man. So, uh, I think that's probably something that's changed within the program since last year, and I think that's a good thing. Sam, I want to jump back uh, to Nebraska women's basketball for a hot sec. If they don't win out, will they make the tournament? Mm. Well, so right now, they if they don't win out, um, they will finish some version of 17, 12, 16, 13, 15, 14, 14, 15. Um, Anything less than, than 18 and 11, you're probably having to win two or three games in the Big Ten tournament. So if you go 17 and 12 and then you won three games in the Big Ten tournament, yeah, you could probably make it, you know, as a, as a, as a play-in seed or maybe as a, the very last team that gets a bye. But, no, they're, they're, they're on the wrong side of the bubble right now, and, and they need to go on a run. And I think they probably know that. Creighton's on the right side of the bubble. Uh, they're 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 probably well on the right side of the bubble, and one of the things to remember is that in in women's college basketball, it is better to be an 11 seed than it is to be an eight seed. It's like you would rather be an 11 than an eight, because there is no difference between an 11 and a six. There really isn't, but there's a vast amount of difference between a one and a two. And so women's college basketball is dominated by three or four teams at the very top. Those teams are unbeatable at home. You do not want to play them. And so the key for whether it's Creighton or Nebraska or anyone, is you want to stay out of the one line um, going into the second game. Because if you're able to do that, then you have a real chance of winning the second round game. Because there's not that much difference between a two and a ten, or even a three or a three and an eleven. There's a lot of difference between a one and a three. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the wonky thing with women's basketball. And hopefully they're able to figure that out at some point. Because I don't see the sport getting a ton deeper as it relates to elite teams. I think it's Stanford, South Carolina, and UConn, and maybe one other team. And they're going to have to find a way to either fix that or change the way that they run the tournament. Because otherwise, you get penalized for being an 8C versus an 11. Hey, Sam, let me ask you something about wrestling. And I listen, I get the niche kind of sport thing and... Um, I've heard about this forever, even though you know I'm a I'm a big wrestling guy. I know Ohio State was down, I think three All America uh, on Friday, and they got Rutgers uh, over the weekend. They're continuing to win. When you look at Coach Manning's success relative to the degree of difficulty in the conference. Where is he on the appreciation scale for you? Well, he's underappreciated generally um, by all of us, um, but highly appreciated uh, by me in the sense that the Big Ten wrestling is Big Ten volleyball, right? Best in the country. No, no one better. Um, but Big Ten wrestling is even a little better than Big Ten volleyball. Um, we could talk for some time, and Manning would be better to speak to about how college wrestling works and why Penn State is so hard to beat um, and how you know they, they utilize a training center for Olympians to leverage recruiting and all this other stuff. But the reality is there's a couple of teams in the Big Ten that are extremely hard to beat. Penn State and Iowa are very hard to beat. 
any any day of the week based on not only their history but their ability to leverage uh, training partners and all kinds of stuff. So what Manning's able to do based on not being able to do those things that Penn State and I was able to do is, is pretty amazing. Uh, he's got, I think, a team that he really likes. Uh, he's 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 been fond of Peyton Rob for a long time, mm-hmm. and and you know Rob is is become an elite wrestler in, in, a, in a short amount of time. So, you know, I think they they've got a chance to win an individual national title. They've got a chance to finish in the top five or six nationally, and uh, that's pretty that's pretty darn good. Um, you know, Nebraska's about I, – I don't want to say Nebraska's about as good as it could be because you never want to discount the possibility that there might be a year in there where they get a couple of lower-weight guys who could maybe get to the finals of the NCAA and then, that, and then they, you know, they pull off a national championship that way. But it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard with the way Penn State is built and, and uh, to, to poke through and, and win a national title. I know Manning maybe seven years ago thought he had a team that could do it. Uh, I can't remember how long. It was a longer than that ago. It was like uh, 12 years ago. Um, they felt like they had a team, and then they had a situation where a kid got suspended. Um, but, yeah, so the, he's doing an incredible job and, and has long been one of the best coaches in the sport. Sam. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Was that it? I'm yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. Um, a- anything stick out to you, Sam, uh, when you took a – peek at the Super 6 rankings that were released last week. Were there any real surprises uh, when you looked at you know, what media members had to say and where they placed people? Like, If there was one thing you took away from those rankings, what would it be? Um, well, that it's, that it's challenging to... So the Super 6 is done by 247 by Mike Schaefer. I'm a part of that too. It is a challenging thing to do when you're when you're blending high school recruits and transfers, that's challenging um, because you don't you don't exactly know how to how to measure impact of a player that might only be there one or two years versus one that might be there five years. Uh, so you have to be kind of thoughtful about how you're doing that. So you know there was there was some there was some Jeff Sims is really high on the list, and then you've got you know Malachi Coleman's really high on the list. Riley Van Poppel was high on the list, which he should be. He was high on my list. Uh, so it's it's kind of a blend, and so you're you're kind of throwing a dart a little bit. Um, the transfers are easier because you can kind of assess what what they might do or might not do. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I don't know that I found any surprises. I, I do think it it's a, it's a good group of defensive backs. If I was going to say this, the strongest position group for me is probably the DBs. Uh, of the high school recruits. Um, I think the wide receivers could be good too, and I think the edge rushers might be okay. But I like the two defensive backs that they got, Ethan Nation and Ramirez Stewart. I think both are a little undersized, but are actually going to be very good players at Nebraska. Probably would have been, you know, Alabama or, you know, Clemson recruits if they were just a little taller. Um, but I think, I think they're going to be really good players at Nebraska, so I like them. I like Riley Van Poppel. And then among the receivers, um, certainly Malachi Coleman is a wild card. You know, you just wonder how he's going to do at the collegiate level and whether he's going to develop and continue to get better as a player. Um, but I think Jaden Doss is, is a player that I think is actually fairly close to being ready to contribute, 
next year has the physicality that you like six foot 195 can run after the catch um so Doss would be my my favorite receiver in that class, but he was, he was I I think too. it could be a good class. I think Demetrius Bell's going to be a pretty good player. Reminds me of Jamal Turner, and then Coleman. We'll see. You know, I think he's a wild card. That uh, so for me, if you had a wild card spot, that would be hit the spot for him. And my sleeper was Quentin Ives. I, I really don't know. You know, we'll we'll just see. He's a really good athlete. I don't know if he's a running back. We'll see if that's what he is or if he goes to receiver, defensive back. But I think it was a good overall recruit to add to the program. You guys both, I'm sitting next, or I'm talking to one and sitting next to another. They both had Ethan Nation and your top six. And I, th- and I, I think that's rare, right? Cause I, and I know I didn't for mm-hmm. a, a few reasons. And I, and I even stuck with just high school guys. I didn't do transfers. You guys both like Nation quite a bit. Yeah, he's got good tape. And um, I think he's, again, one of these players that three years ago got a bunch of offers and then teams backed off because Mm -hmm. they're basing those offers on, well, we think you're going to grow two or three more inches, Mm -hmm. and they don't. Right. I could have easily put Ramirez Stewart in there. Uh, Ramirez Stewart is a very good player, too, and I think he's going to be a nice player at Nebraska. Both a little undersized, but they fit fit that Marquise Buford mold. I think they're going to be good players at Nebraska. I couldn't agree more. I mean, especially because you're talking about motivated guys at this point when they are undersized. Sam McEwen, thanks so much. We appreciate your time. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Sam. Take care. We'll talk Creighton basketball when we come back. I have a lot to say, <laughs> but you got to stick around for it. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Down by three. He missed it. Rebound rang off the rim. Taken by Hawkins. He's got it for the tie. Timeout called. They're going to look and make sure that it's a three. I think the toe was on the line. Wow. And here we go. Intercepted. Sonogo chops it away. Goes live. Creighton wins. We wanted to capture Big East basketball in 40 minutes. That was it. It was hard for both teams to score. Really, really proud of our group. It took a lot of grit. Uh, I just felt like it was really just a team effort. I felt like as a whole, like we really stayed together and we believed the whole game that we could win it even down to when it was tied up. Complete war down underneath the rim and fortunate enough, we, we got a few more and we're able to get the dub. Just took a drink of the official coffee of coffee and cream from the Beanery. Hot coffee, of course. I'm not a nice guy. Um, I'm all about that that hot heat. And I actually got some yesterday in Papillion, uh, which is one of like the coolest like little Smurf huts. It looks like a little house. Yeah, it's like a little tiny house. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's probably the one I go to the majority of the time because it's the one that is right next to where I go to church on Sunday morning. Uh, but the great thing about the beanery is they roast their own coffee and they're locally owned and operated. Uh, and they're serving people. What is it, DB? What's their slogan? Slogan? Serving people. Coffee. Coffee. And that is the beanery because they serve me coffee every single morning. Thanks for joining us if you're live on TikTok right now or if you're catching us on 590, 1480, or maybe you're on YouTube seeing DB animated this morning after the Super Bowl. We're also live on nice. Twitter. We're having some fun. Uh, it, it's, it's a great day. So we love of, Mondays. It's a great recap A lot, recap of, lot day. of funny people. A lot of funny people. Hey, we're all about uh, funny. And you know what was not funny was that Creighton UConn performance. <laughs> and here's what I want to say. 
And it's not – look, happy, happy for the boys in town, happy for the Jays. They come away with the win. A lot of people will sit back and say, man, defensively, like these are two of the best teams in the nation, which they're right. If you look at statistics, you're absolutely right. But this game on both sides of the floor made me want to rip my eyes out. Like literally just tear my eyes out of the socket and just toss them to the side. Because neither team really played defense as much as people wanted to say that they played defense. How many offensive boards did Creighton allow in this game? 18, right? But UConn was so bad, they couldn't produce off of those 18 offensive boards. I believe it was 14 second chance points. 13 13. second chance points as I double-check the box score in front of me. You have 18 offensive rebounds in this game, and you can't even capitalize on half when it comes to points. Well, they shot. When you shoot 32%. I mean, just From the miserable field. watching that team play. And good defense by Creighton to make them take the shots that they wanted them to. Kind of got away from them in the middle parts of that game. But what drove me crazy was the lack of rebounding defensively for Creighton in this game. It just drove me nuts. I'm sitting in the Heartland Event Center, multitasking, watching Wahoo come back and take down North Platte. And I have my phone out, which was a great game. I had my phone out, and I could not, I could not fathom being in CHI and watching UConn just destroy Creighton down low on the glass. Well, so with the way that the game, you know what was interesting, and I had to go back and, and I was talking about this with Alvin because he was coaching. He missed. He missed both. He missed both his kiddos' games. He he missed Sharif's game, and he missed CJ's game in Grand Island because he's coaching because he's got an organization. And we were talking to him before the game started. I'm giving him updates um, on kind of what's going on. And at one point, I couldn't believe with all the fouls that were called that UConn had only shot the ball from the foul line at that point, it was twice. Right, but four total It was times. four for the game. And Creighton had been to the line. I don't know what it was at that time. It was in the, it was in the teens. I think they finished 13 or 17 or, or right around there. But the way that the game was officiated, you thought that there would be more free throw attempts. And I think ultimately if, if you're UConn and you look back at this game, the 27 three-point attempts versus paint touches and getting downhill when you felt like it was going to be a tightly called game was ultimately their right. undoing. Like, why so many three attempts from behind the arc? Because as my man Alvin Mitchell likes to say, you're open for a reason. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, that is true. That is true. Seven of 27, and you, you only shoot four free throws. Guess who had the most threes made? In this game. Oh, boy. Uh, it was either Alexander or Sonogo. Which one? Sonogo had two. <laughs> I like that noise. Can you make that noise again? It's like a balloon releasing the helium. <laughs> or maybe something that gets released out of your um, hiney. 
I'll go with Sonogo. Hey, you are correct. Three made three-pointers from Sonogo. He can shoot it, which Kalkbrenner did get out on him most of the time, but he's not afraid to launch. And Creighton, Creighton won a game in which Kalkbrenner shot less than 50% from the floor. Creighton won a game where Alexander was on the floor for only half of the game tell you what, because though, he was in foul trouble. His points per minute, though, he – Boy, but big, that's that's a big problem. shot maker, big shot taker. That's a problem to be in foul trouble and knowing that right now at this moment, Alexander's your best player. Yeah, and we see we got into this last week, and you guys kind of like you were Team Lorenzi, and I mm-hmm. get it because Kalkbrenner's the man. But I wanted to get into the most. I wanted to get into valuable versus important. Did we make the distinction? Because we talked about this. I just don't – listen, he guards their best player. He He's going to get double-digit shot attempts, at least he should. He's their technical foul shooter. Like, he's he's vital. He is vital. I would say he's the – I still am on the side of Kalkbrenner. I get it. The I, most irreplaceable the, okay. player. But Alexander is the best player on the floor when he's out there. That's so because weird. you use him in all of those moments. And I, I just think he I, could I, do so many things. 100%. You can't take away Kalkbrenner's defensive prowess. Like, if you do, it's a problem. You'll get worked down low. But what you need all game long is is Alexander on the floor to make those shots. Remember what I said, you know, last week when the announcers made a point and I'm like, you know what, you're right. When Alexander is like the guy to go to the league if it's anybody on this team, and it's because of all of those things that you just said. He's the best player out there at every point. You can't get into foul trouble, though, knowing that. And he's yeah, still a little and, young, and he, little and, youthful. And he was fortunate. This is the second game in a row. And I felt like it doesn't necessarily show up in the box scores. But how good was Sharif Mitchell? Great. I mean. Great. Great minutes from everybody from the bench. Miller so, made some shots. Oh, how so the three that he made, the corner three, and it's, it's Miller. That's where, he, that's where he makes his threes from. But the, just the timeliness of it, to kind of get the crowd back into it early. And it was like you kind of. You're traipsing along. You're like, eh, what, mm-hmm. what kind of environments is going to be? But just the back and forth. And the, the the funny thing is, I think the Hurley McDermott thing is like real. Or maybe Hurley's just like that with everybody. He, yeah. I mean, you talk about unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on? You wouldn't hang out with him. Well, well just the. Is he talking to the players when he's? With those antics, like who's he talking to when he's on the sidelines? Hopefully, it's his own guys. But like that, that, that game was wild, and that's the second one where Creighton wins a gutty kind of muck it up, mm-hmm. ugly kind of game. And you know what? All you need is a win at the end of the day. And this is followed by ten days ago. The day. They were coming off back to back stretches of everybody scoring in double figures, where the offense mm-hmm. was like. This beautiful thing to watch. The, the, more, the more ways that they can win, and they've done it during this win streak. Sometimes it's been that efficient offense. Uh, they're starting to lock teams up defensively. Like they got some options, man, of ways that they can play. Good teams win when you shoot the ball well. Great teams win when you overcome shooting woes. And that's what, what we saw here. we got about 50 seconds. Let's go to the line here, Shane. We'll talk to Kim. Kim. Let's get over that. <laughs> Hi, Kim. Kim, welcome to the show. We got about forty seconds. What's going on? 
Oh, good morning. I just wanted to make sure that we we, we got the tweet right. I love Mason Miller. Oh, yep, yep. <laughs> I, you know what? When I mentioned his name, I'm like, well, we have to get to Kim so that she can talk about Mason. Is that, that's your guy, Kim. <laughs> were, were, were you like a like yes. a proud mom? I was. I The last couple of games, actually. Yeah. <laughs> As you should be. And the cool but, thing about this team, Kim, like their minutes mm-hmm. haven't mattered. They're ready on the spot. That's pretty cool. Oh, he, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I do get a little bit worried, though, when I don't see Kaluma scoring much, but that's okay. Oh. Got to win sometimes the ugly way. Yeah, if 0 of 6 and they still get a dub, Kim, Amen. that's pretty good. Like I said, great I teams win when they all. play can I make can, can I make one comment about the Super Bowl? Go, Go ahead. ahead. What is this phrase when I think the guy fumbled, <laughs> but we didn't call it, which is like he didn't complete the process of catching the ball? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, we got to get into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, you know what? We'll talk about it next. <laughs> How about that? Uh, stick around. We'll be back. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back to the show, 888-638-4876. This may be a great opportunity to provide your thoughts because we were talking to Kim, and if it cut out on the radio, I'll I'll explain exactly what she asked. She was talking about, hey, what's a catch in the NFL? I don't know. Is a catch when you have full possession of the football and then you make a football move? Well, uh, now now it's this thing called the third step, Right. right? And that's like the third step, the football move, right? Or is it... It's a hey, bad, you it's a have, bad take on a Drew Hill song. Which you is have to, steps. you have to control the football all the way to the ground, which looms large in DB's head still to this day uh, when he talks Jesse James, which is not a cowboy, as Shane found out during the break. Uh, so, right, Shane? No big deal. I thought that was a uh, motorcycle guy. Nope. Nope. Jesse James is uh, a football player. Used to be a tight end for the Steelers. And this was week 15 against the Patriots. When when would you say this was? What year? I don't know. 17 or 18? 17? Okay. Regardless, it doesn't really matter the year. But the play was this, if you forgot. Big Ben looks right, pumps, moves moves the defense, throws down the middle. Jesse James catches it about a yard or two short mm-hmm. of the goal. Full possession when he catches the football. Knee hits the ground, falls over the goal line, ball moves, right? Shakes up a little bit in his hand. Ruled on the field a touchdown, reviewed, ruled an incomplete pass. So why did DB bring up this point? Well, because last night, is this when we were talking Miles Sanders, right? Throw out, out wide. Miles Sanders makes the catch, gets immediately hit, loses the football, Bolton picks it up, runs it for a touchdown. Ruled on the field a touchdown, right? Goes to review it. Incomplete pass because he didn't make that so-called football move. So where do you sit with all of this? Because you're somebody that takes this personally, right? Because you started with Jesse James and it hits you. And it's a confusion thing yeah, for you over anything that, else. That's the thing, man. It's not just... It's a Jesse James thing. I mean, Dallas Cowboys fans are like, are you? We're, are we really having this conversation with, with Antonio Des Bryant? With Des Bryant, uh, Calvin Johnson, uh, Shane, you're a Lions fan. Uh, the catch, no catch. And when is it? When's the mythical line? Like, 
if you're in the end zone, two feet is two feet with control of the ball. If you're on the sidelines, two feet is two feet with control of the ball. If you're in the field of play, two feet isn't two feet with control of the ball. That's the part that drives me crazy. And I just wanted people to be honest. Like, because maybe I'm not seeing it correctly. But which one real time? Because that's what officials do, right? They make calls real time. And then you can challenge or or not challenge, right? But real time, which one looked more like a catch? Sanders or Goddard? So when you catch the ball and you have – I thought Goddard. Didn't, and it's, it's, I still don't even know if he had con, what I would call con, – So let right. me ask so, – Right. So, so, so here, here's – but this is the – this is what makes it dicey because we use the term control. Okay. We, 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 we think control means secure. Sanders had that ball put away. In his chest. He had it right here. Mm-hmm. In his chest. Now, is right? he going to come from here to here to move it? Is he, he had it like this, almost like this, which was more secure than Goddard ever had the ball. But what they do with two feet for Goddard is he didn't put it anywhere near his body to secure it. Mm-hmm. He had it secured in his hands. Right. Right? Am, am, I, make, am I making no, you're, any? Th- you're, you're painting a good picture. So what's the difference in the field of play versus on the sidelines? Because if you're talking control and security, Sanders looked to have more control of the ball. It did. Than at any point than Goddard ever did. But I think he lost control of the ball faster than Goddard. And that's, that's so the that's the thing. And right? that's the reason. So that's why they say you should get a chance to catch the football. And then And so here's my my thing. And in I already w- offensive driven league. Why does my guy have to be able to gain ground for it to be a catch? I don't even know if he so he made the catch, right? He caught it, gets hit right away, loses the football. So if I'm running like a little tunnel screen, right, or, you know, a little smoke, it's like they just get it out to me quick. The DB wins and he gets there simultaneously, and the ball comes out. Does, he ha- does the wide receiver have to have made a football move for that to be a catch? By according to the rules, yes. But – I can throw a little smoke out there to him, and let's say it's an errant pass. Mm-hmm. As long as he secures it a little before he goes out of bounds, that's a catch? I just don't think Miles Sanders ever ever really had it because he got hit like so bang, bang. And so when you ask me the question, which seemed more like a catch, I say Goddard because Goddard was able to control the ball all the way to the ground, whether he so-called had control or you not. Know, you know what's funny? In people's view. Miles Sanders knows he caught that ball. Well, he caught and got hit. Yeah. He got lit up. He knows he caught that ball. Did you catch that? Yep. Well, he caught it, but did it was you, so did, bang, bang. Did you drop it? Right when yes. it happened. That, that's what he's going to say. Right. But we let, the, we let the interpretation of the rule bail him out. Right when it happened, I said that's an incomplete pass. And I'm like, just because of the rule. Yes, 100%. You can ask the player, and he would say he caught that he ball. He caught that ball. 100%. Like, but based 100 on the, times out of 100, a, a player in real football says, I caught that ball. But based on the what we saw based on the review, it was an incomplete And pass. it's already hard enough for... I couldn't believe they ruled it complete right away. I honestly it could looked not... Like a, it, to me, it looked like From a catch. all of the plays that I've seen... I want ownership of it. I caught that... If that was, I would tell you I caught that ball. Yeah, I caught that ball. Uh, maybe not in the... 
maybe you'd tell that to your teammates, but you wouldn't tell that to everybody else. You'd be like, I'll take the incomplete pass. Just, I'll I, take the bunny. I just think players and coaches, coaches know they get let off the hook. Tons of times. So, no, like, we don't have any problems with that. Like, the reality of it is, is you caught a break. I, you don't want to play nor coach like that. You'll take it because that's part of the game. But you don't want you don't want it to be like that. But it wasn't a catch. We 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 caught a we caught a break like we caught a break. Listen, I, that see that's the discussion. You you keep saying it's not a catch. I'm telling you that Sanders would look dead at you and say, "I caught that ball." You you you're bailing him out because of the rule the the application of the rule. He'd tell you he caught that ball. It's no more secure than if I catch a goddamn ball over my head. Like this, and I and I step out of bounds. This this isn't any more secure. I'm just bailed out because I'm out of bounds. So if you were going down the field, deep pass, yeah. right? Sure. You jump up in the air, you catch the ball, you get smoked mm-hmm. in the air, and you drop the ball. Like Jamar Chase would say, he caught that ball, but then he got smoked and dropped it. Did he get two feet on the ground? No, no, he doesn't have to have two feet on the ground. I'm saying, like, you're just talking catch here, right? I caught you see the football. The, what you're missing, though, is Miles so Sanders. So now you're has, saying now Miles you're saying, Sanders has both his feet. So now there's on, more elements, right? Miles now Sanders, you're saying because Miles feet Sanders on the had both his feet on right, the ground. Right, so there's more elements added into this. And I say that to say, like, legislate, like, why let the guy, why does the guy, if it's secure, why did we add the football move? We added the football move rule because we wanted to let ourselves off the hook with Des Bryant. Like, why are we – it shouldn't – it shouldn't be – it shouldn't still be a thing. Like, what's, what's the call if – okay, let's add this in. What's the call if you catch the ball deep in the air? Like, I'm going to go back to my example with Jamar Chase. Uh-huh. He catches the ball, hits the ground, simultaneously gets smoked. Same thing, right? Uh, sure. Not a fumble. Or because it, they would consider that incomplete because he didn't do exactly what we talked about do, again. Do you get the sense that if somebody's down, when you're down, you're just down? Yes. Okay, so back to Kim's question because it's where it started. The mm-hmm. completion of the catch. Mm-hmm. Why is it when I, if I go, so if I go out of bounds, the play is over. Right? Mm-hmm. You, th- uh, this is just theory. Like, talk me off like 888 yeah, mm-hmm. So, you catch a ball, your feet are inbounds, it, you're da- you, and you hit the ground and you drop the ball. Right? You don't mm-hmm. complete the catch. You get right. shoved and the ball comes out. Mm-hmm. Once I'm out of bounds, shouldn't I be out of bounds? I think so. So, why was Devontae Smith not? A catch because he bobbled it on the way to the ground even though he had it in the air before he went to the ground. Because you know what really aggravates me is when it's not a fumble, when a guy can reach over the goal line and still have the ball knocked out and the play isn't dead, the play hasn't been blown dead, they'll go to replay and they'll say he broke the plane of the end zone. It just seems like it's a lot of 
I just don't know what makes it, it, what what I, makes what know makes what the what makes the football move different along the sidelines and on the goal line that doesn't make it applicable in the field of play. Do right. these guys ever get the? I know that, what you're saying. And I know what the question you're asking is. That's what I want to know, because and I and I think it would be a lot less. It'd be a lot less aggravating if we had that explained. Do these guys ever get the benefit of the doubt on on possession of the ball? And the reason why I ask that is because you see these circus-like catches. I mean, Kelsey had one last night over the middle of the field. Oh, the one between it? Yeah, that was. you know. (laughs) That's such a hard catch. It reminded me of Tony's punt. Like, those are such hard catches. If you you got – Shane, if you were standing in front of those double doors – I used to do this with Caleb all the time, and I would have him walk towards me, and I would throw him balls below his knees and just see if he could catch those without either kneeing it or hitting it with his shin or being able to bend over. Those are well, and you know those these, are ridiculous. These guys are so strong. I mean, you, they can That's catch a, it with that was one a hand, hand. That was a hand's just, catch. You know? Did that look secure to you? No, but when he got hit and went to the ground? It didn't hit the ground, so therefore it was a catch. I've got good news for you, DB. You want to hear the good news? What's that? You can ask Cynthia Freeland all your questions. <laughs> no, I mean, she's not going to be in the rules committee, <laughs> but I'm going to ask her a lot of questions. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder. He's got the catch. He's got the touchdown. Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey, 18 yards officially, and the 14th time that Patrick Mahomes has found Travis Kelsey for a postseason touchdown second in National Football League history. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's 9 o'clock, and you're like, what? Huh? Yeah. Well, it's because we have an extra hour, and it will stay like that for the rest of time. It is Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity unless, Radio. Unless we by get Currency. another one, which uh, uh, folks kind of bounce know. around. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Hey, uh, we're going to continue Super Bowl talk here, but what what were you drinking last night at the Super Bowl? Were you drinking water. Uh, your favorite beer? Were you drinking water? Or were you drinking, of course, how about an Acres Ale? Because those are some of the best that you can find. Brewed with Nebraska corn, crisp and clean with that light, refreshing flavor. It's local. We love local. We love Acres because it's the perfect beer to pair with a football game. And that's what I was drinking last night. A-K-R-S. And I actually drove by in Acres on my way to Grand Island over yeah, the weekend. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> Wow, I head west all the time too. I know. Yeah, right where you know you, exactly I know right what I'm talking, talking about because it pops up out of yep. nowhere. You're like, oh, that's Acres. They uh, they have the naming rights at the championship center across the street from the university too. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't tried Acres Ale just yet, make sure to find some because it's fantastic, and you can really get it anywhere. It really is fantastic beer though, and it's and it's a great light beer for all of those people out there that may not like something overly. Heavy. Now, we have been talking about some heavy topics today regarding the Super Bowl. And, you know, it, it's the perfect time to welcome in our next guest. It's Cynthia Freeland. We had her on, um, gosh, what was this, about a week and a half ago, analytics ago. expert for NFL Network. And she was so great, we had to bring her back again. <laughs> Cynthia, good morning. What's up? <laughs> the listeners are like, oh, my gosh. Good morning. It's good to be well-liked, Cynthia. Good morning. <laughs> we wouldn't know. You guys exactly. <laughs> we would not know. Hey, how were all of the Super Bowl festivities for you? I know you were out in Phoenix. You know, it was great. 
Um, Phoenix is a wonderful host city. I'm actually still here. My voice sounds terrible because it was a very loud event, but you know it's a little dry here too. I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it on that. Cynthia, let me because we haven't gotten to this yet. But what is the pushback on the playing conditions? I know the players are furious, but did you hear much real time being so close to it as you were? You know. It, it was difficult because the only thing I really heard, the man, like, he's known as, like, the sod father. He, like, really was in charge of the sod for, like, the past, truly, for, like, the past, I don't even know how many years. He was explaining it, and part of it had to do with, like, a lot of the, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm butchering this. I'm not a, I'm not a sod person. It's not my, it's not my thing, but I do know that he said something about, like, the way that a tarp on the half, I don't know, whatever, so... I didn't hear much of it, truly didn't hear much of it real time, except for the fact that, you know, someone explained it to me once you started to hear it on the broadcast. Not to be confused with Todd Father, Todd Frazier, the Sod Father. The Sod Father, that is fantastic. Sod Father. I love it. Big fan. Hey, uh, let's talk about Mr. MVP, Patrick Mahomes, because he already has the accolades to back up Hall of Fame candidacy in just five years of starts. I mean, Uh, Has there ever been a quarterback this early in their career that's done what he's done when it comes to Super Bowl wins, MVPs in both regular and postseason, five AFC championship games, and three Super Bowl appearances? Like, does anybody match that? No, but at the same time, a lot of people haven't been asked to match that. Remember, Patrick only sat for you know, all but one game his rookie year. Most of the time these guys are being asked to start on terrible teams very quickly. So, you know, Patrick is a absolute, like, I mean, look, no more Tom Brady, so I think it's, I think it's okay to say, like, he's, to me, it's, it's very hard. It would be very hard to argue that anyone is better than Patrick, who's still currently playing. <laughs> right. So, you know, like, it, no, I haven't seen anything like it. But we are, I will say, we are asking people to do different things than they did in the past. So, Andrew, it, Cynthia, it's interesting because I'm looking at what I'm talking about with with Mahomes and Hurts, and Hurts in a loss is being really validated in terms of his play. It's rare that the quarterback that didn't win the game is almost getting as much accolades as the guy that did. Do you remember a time like that where we were so quick to validate Hurts' performance or the opposing quarterback's performance? Well, I think Joe Burrow last year, we, I mean, we, we were In saying spurts. things of similar ilk, right? Like, Joe Burrow is absolutely great, but I think it's more – I actually think people were worried because ahead of the game you heard a lot of analysis saying, like, you know, Jalen Hurts could be end up, you know, if he doesn't play well or something, he could end up just being that guy who started against Patrick Mahomes in that one Super Bowl, right? Mm. And I think people were more surprised that kind of the transition that he made, this like huge leap in everything from deep passing to his accuracy to all these different like understanding blitz versus you know when he's seeing man and zone coverages and sort of different blitz packages that are you know exotics, not necessarily from you know the the Chiefs, but in in general this season, like. I think people are just in awe of the step forward he took this season, and I think they're just kind of responding. I mean, that it felt like I mean Jalen Hurts didn't lose that game. You know what I mean? Like that, and in fact, like that game was so back and forth, back and forth. It was it was not like Jalen Hurts went out there and put up a stinker. Cynthia, 
a lot of feelings have come out on the show this morning, and uh, it's been centered around officiating for the most part, which, you know, kind of just happens now because Twitter and other forms of social media can be this sort of cesspool for attacking NFL officials or sharing feelings or blaming this, that, or the other. You know, we, we saw, is it a catch? Is it not a catch? We saw, is it a hold? Is it not a hold? But I want to ask you this. What do you think the bigger call? Was it Wilson's P.I. last year on Cup, or was it Bradbury's hold on Juju? One was a lot easier than the other. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I never, I'm not going to ever pretend that I know what a catch is or that I know <laughs> what P.I. is. Like, I, I, I'm just, this, I'm not an, I, the people who do officiating stuff, like, that's a hard job. So, to be honest with you, you know, look, I think the bigger call, oh, man, that's a great question. I, I'm going to go with last year just because I, it felt like that one changed the games just, like, a lot more. But I, I don't know. I, that, they're six of one, half a dozen of another, really. So, Because I'm, lo- I'm looking at all the, uh, the, the, the efficiency metrics, the quarterback play, the 27 of 38 for Hertz, the three rushing touchdowns. Mahomes rushes for over seven, a carry, only six incompletions. When you look at the efficiency in which the quarterbacks played with Sands, Hurts, fumbles, doesn't it seem disingenuous to make it about a call? It, it just it feels never, it feels like it's it it feels that way. Here's the thing: the reality is, is calls go both ways. Now, obviously, you don't want anything to be decided by what feels like a. a I don't know. I, I guess, like, I go with what the teams tell their players, which, like, you have to just let it go. Yeah. Like, we can fight about it later. We can fight all you want. It's actually not going to change anything. So, like, play it as it is, right? Like, the, there aren't – it's not – there's no intentional. No one's, like, it's – you know, it's, it, people feel like it's very personal. It's not. They're humans, too, to make the call. So, like, the reality is, is you know, look, like, there are going to be some that are right, some that are wrong. I'm, the Eagles were the beneficiary of – not that they needed it against the 49ers, but they were the beneficiary of kind of a, a missed call in the last game that Devontae Smith catch. I say that with air quotes was not a catch. So, you know, th- these are, it goes both ways. So over the long run, it will go both ways. It just, in the moment, it's, it feels, it feels not great. Yes. Yeah, speaking of, we'll continue the conversation on feelings here. Travis Kelsey had some feelings about people saying that the chiefs weren't up to par this year and couldn't get to the Super Bowl, which, you know, it's, Kind of true, kind of not. I mean, if you looked at, like, the actual odds, they were, like, third favorite to win to start the year. So there were some people that were like, no, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs because they have Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, etc. Uh, but they were also a team that was kind of in reset mode after losing Tyreek Hill and putting some young guys on the defense. Uh, but aside from all of that, they win the Super Bowl this year. They'll probably be the odds-on favorite to win next year, too, to open the season. But, Cynthia, what did they establish as a, an organization under now Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes uh, in regards to the dynasty conversation? Like, what do the Chiefs do that all other great dynasties do? You know, they figure out a way to have their quarterback, who's the best in the game, create, like, he has a huge contract, obviously, but the way that it's structured allows them to still pay other players, and I understand that the cap went up, so it sounds crazy to say something like that, but the reality is, is, you know, when you restock the shelves like you do when you trade Tyreek Hill away, and then, you know, last night, 
rookies made a big difference. Sky Moore got a touchdown, right? So it's not like it's not like you're you know playing with you know, when you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Travis Kelsey and you have a, a number of pieces along that O line and you have Chris Jones, like you have a really nice foundation and they create the right pieces of depth. They create the right numbers when it comes to you know defensive backs, things like that. Like the the strategy fits the type of personnel that they have on the team and they do that very masterfully. And Andy Reid, like who you have to hand it to him, like. I mean, look, like, he, he draws up the right place at the right time, and he gets his guys in position to win. Cynthia, let me ask you something, because you mentioned cap space and quarterbacks, and I'm just going to go back to the original format with the playoffs, and Herbert uh, obviously is going to get the, the, the big extension and uh, rookie contract for this calendar year. Uh, Lamar Jackson was in limbo, didn't start versus the Ravens. Trevor Lawrence, rookie deal. Joe Burrow, rookie deal. Uh, you know, Allen's going to get the monster deal. Tua didn't play, rookie deal. Jones had the rookie deal. Kirk Cousins got paid. Dak Prescott got paid. Tom Brady got paid. Geno Smith sounds like will get paid. 49ers, kind of the X factor, but with a rookie quarterback combo. Plus, they move on from Garoppolo. How does Cynthia Freeland build her team outside of just the, hey, rookie contract put pieces because it's not that easy, but you do have to manage the cap space. What does the data show you on the type of quarterback you need to move on from or keep in your organization? Well, the thing that's funny is, and, and I point this out because it's oftentimes teams that sign big quarterback deals often sign big other position deals and it's really getting those other positions sort of wrong like you have to get quarterback structured right but you have to get the other things structured right more it's more important like mm. the when you talk about Dak think about contracts like Zeke Elliott who didn't have the production to ma- match the contract that they're paying him for look at the the Saints that Michael Thomas contract even though they restructured it that hampers them all of the time and he's not even on the field right mm. so the reality is is that we, we can blame it only on that blame it only on the quarterback or the quarterback contract, but really it's the fact that like you can't get yourself in a jam. You have to be flexible at a lot of positions and you can't overpay for for positions or players that aren't going to at least help you, you know, enough. Meaning like Zeke was healthy. Like Michael Thomas, that's another story. He's been, you know, not, not playing, but like the reality is, is like you have to have this nice balance of enough of the guys that are the dudes. And then you have to have enough of the depth, to round it out because injuries do happen. Okay, so when, so Cynthia, when do you think? When would you? How many years, roughly, just generally speaking, if you're the GM, would you move on from a quarterback on a rookie deal to know that this isn't going to be your guy? New York if Jets. I knew it I'm wasn't thinking, going to be my. I'm thinking of Tua. Yeah. I'm thinking of Zach Wilson. Like some of these franchises are going to have to make some tough decisions. I think you move on from the guys who do, that, that do not allow you to execute to the highest level, meaning if, so for example, like you didn't bring it up, but if Lamar Jackson doesn't, if the coaches and what goes on in that building, if that doesn't feel like a fit anymore, obviously that's a different, a little bit different situation. They can franchise him, et cetera. But like, you know, then they should 
figure it out, right? Like meaning move on or, or do whatever, like fix it, whatever. But the reality is, is it's very hard to find a good quarterback. They're, they don't, they aren't replaceable. The guys, it, it's not like the reason that they can command such big salaries is because they're a very scarce resource. So the reality is, is no, you, you have to figure it out, but you, you have to also figure it out with all the things that are like being mindful of what's the actual scenario you're in, right? Like, are there a dearth of wide receivers you could go out and restock the shelves with? Are there great O-linemen available in free agency or at the dra- like uh, the, the kids in the draft that you're conceivably able to, to, to put on your team? Are they going to be able to, to do the things that the team needs? I that's where being a GM is tricky because it's a recipe. It's a little bit more salt than a little bit more sugar, than a little bit more fat, than a little bit more acid. It's not, you know, it's not, um, you know, this is one thing and poof, it's, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing's made. Well, you know, speaking of young quarterbacks and whether like that's the option or maybe if it's hitting free agency and grabbing a veteran quarterback, I was looking at your mock draft uh, that you released yeah. a couple of days ago, and you have the Texans taking Will Anderson Jr., and the reason for that is you have them solving the problem of quarterback in free agency, which I think that's like the only draft where I've seen somebody say, hey, it we're going to take it's, a, it's, it a, a so player and then worry about the quarterback uh, in free agency. Why, why would you go that route? Well, if you look at the model that we've seen from, like, Robert Sala, for example, who actually, ironically, same sort of, like, same sort of path as D'Amico Ryan's, meaning D.C. At the, at the Niners and then to head coach, build with what you are strong with. When you have, the Texans have a lot of needs to fill. So when you when you want when you have to, to to figure out a lot of positions, build with what you know. Like my ideal, like when I when I I'm sort of tongue in cheek hinting at the fact that perhaps they get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who you know the the coach has had, the head coach has experience with. It's you don't necessarily need to turn the entire organization around in one season. Figure it out from the the fundamentals out. And if D'Amico Ryan's, who has a really really ethically smart defensive mind if he can get pieces like will anderson put them in the in the formula now and early and solve with a free agent quarterback of which we'll probably see a lot of movement this season then you're you're actually sitting much prettier and able to develop in a much stronger way than if you went out and reached for a quarterback that's i don't know exactly like his oc i'm somewhat familiar with i love their quarterbacks coach gerard johnson but you know, none of them have ever quote unquote picked a quarterback before. So it's one thing to to work with it, or having been a former quarterback, it's another thing to pick a franchise quarterback. So the reality is, is play to your strengths, be smart about it, and build with the fundamentals. And look what happened for the Jets. You know, you you mentioned Zach Wilson as being one of those quarterbacks we don't know about. <laughs> well, their defense is certainly not something we don't know about. Their defense was 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 awesome. Gosh, you sound just. It's inter- you sound just like D'Amico Ryan. I'm big D'Amico Ryan's guy, even though I'm not a Niners Huge. fan. I just like how he approaches the game. And he talked about, this was last week, making sure that the pieces are right around the quarterback to take pressure off of the quarterback when you're looking at guys in the draft. And I wonder, Cynthia, especially listening to you again this morning and, and following your mock draft, are we moving that way where more people think like you two? Because I still see a ton of quarterbacks. And I, I mean, props to you and your draft, because I don't think you have a quarterback going before seven. She doesn't. Um, <laughs> I don't. Where, you don't, where they don't panic for a quarterback? They try to get the other pieces right? 
I mean, I feel like if you have, like, if you have, like, if Andy Reid were somehow drafting in, like, the first two picks, which obviously he isn't, then maybe it would be different because this is a person who we've seen develop quarterbacks very quickly and time and time again, right? But I don't know. They won't move that way. Like, I told, I actually, I mean, I went to college with the GM of the Bears, right? So I told them, I was like, you should tell everyone that you want to trade your quarterback and you want to, like, tell Justin, like, okay, listen, you're going to hear some weird stuff, but I'm just trying to get you the best, um, the most draft haul ever, and I'm going to tell everyone that we're going to take a quarterback so that people will <laughs> trade up, that. right? Like, I'm like, just gamesmanship it. I'm like, you know, just tell everyone that. Be like, I'm going to get you a pass rusher. I'm going to get you maybe even an old lineman. Like, come on. Like, you know, you're on board for this, right? But, but the reality is, is like, it's just not, it's just not how, you know, they, they're just, like I said, it's a scarce resource and getting it right is so important. So people are going to take as many shots as possible to do that. You know, um, as I think about the Bears, because that's my team, Cynthia, you just hit, you hit it, you hit it at home for me. Um, because of all of that <laughs> stuff coming out with, hey, Justin Fields is our guy, and uh, the idea is, okay, well, they're not going to take a quarterback, so like, is it really worth trading up for one when I could maybe, hey, trade up for two instead and try to give Houston more stuff, or, or three uh, with Arizona and, and so forth down the list? Like, Do you think that was a, a strong play by the Bears just to say like, hey, we're going to take our guy regardless? Or do you think it's even going to matter come draft day? Because if people want their guy, they're going to trade up for their guy. Great question. I think that, look, they're going to trade up for their guy. I do believe at the end of the day, it's probably better for like, you know, Justin Fields' mental health. If you say Like it just in general to seem like we were throwing our way behind someone. But I, again, the if someone will will trade up. They'll be they just maybe lost themselves as a target. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a great question, but you know, long story short, I I think that they'll end up being okay. It'll end up being you know playing out just fine anyway. Cynthia, you're super data driven. So, um, is there a position where you just don't believe should be taken above a certain spot? Like some people think, gosh, you know, you can't take a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. One or a quarter, or, you know, a running back has to be blank before he goes in the top blank. Do you, do you have some general rules of thumb that you think are best practice for draft slots? Yeah, know thyself. If you are not a team <laughs> that it, it's true, if you are not a team that could that really uses a linebacker that drops into coverage, you know, then don't draft one. You know, like like know thyself. The value doesn't come from. I would never be so. I would never be so short-sighted as to say, you know, you should never take a running back in the first round, right? Like I have the Cowboys taking a running back in the first round. I think because they won't keep. They won't be able to. I don't believe that Bijan Robinson, both. right? If I remember right, exactly. Okay. Bijan Robinson, I think, is a very like a very valuable asset. And if you're not going to pay a second contract to Tony Pollard, then mm-hmm. that's a very valuable asset and something that you will use. You've already paid Zeke too much. Okay, don't compound the problem by making it worse with adding more. So the reality is, is know thyself and know thy game plan. If you want to have, if you want to execute, some, you know, an offense with a bunch of, you know, d- designed quarterback runs, you need the offensive line that does that. So maybe a guard does make sense for you, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't care. You have to know yourself. Getting it right, meaning that it fits and they contribute to your team right away, is incredibly important. 
Obviously, you need to build from your priorities. Of course, if your team doesn't have a quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher, corner, and wide receiver, then it doesn't make sense to be like, we're going to start with a running back, right? But, like, you know, build the way that you anticipate and expect to use it, keeping a mindfulness on the scarcity of the position. Quickly here, because we only have about a minute 28. Um, Cynthia, you know, you mentioned B. John Robinson. And the last couple of mock drafts that I looked at, I mean, you have him going to Dallas. I've seen him going to Philly. And, like, you know, kind of weird landing spots because of the running back room there. Wouldn't you want the proven versus unproven? Or is he just that special of a talent that you're willing to take the risk? I think that when it comes to top-end running backs, those are the ones you don't want to overpay in a second contract, you know? So if you're, if you have, uh, maybe you don't have that top end running back on the rookie deal or, you know, whatever it is, that's where that rookie deal is, is probably smarter. Um, if you're like, if someone has just absolutely overperformed and now they're going to command too much money in the marketplace, then perhaps you take a guy like B. John Robinson who forecasts to be amongst the guys who get the next big contract. Well, we really appreciate you joining the show this morning. Yeah. Thanks so much. We know you were busy. We know you had a long night last night, but uh, you knocked it out of the park. And since we're transitioning to baseball now, I can use that term. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Always, always a pleasure. That's Thanks, Cynthia Freeland, C. Freeland on Twitter, analytics expert for NFL Network. We'll have her on um, again probably closer to the NFL draft, maybe even during the combine. Who knows? But uh, when we come back, I want to play Take It or Leave It, and then I want to talk a little baseball. So that's how we'll uh, wrap up and end the show. Stick around. It's Coffee and Cream here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Day one of what is to come. Three hours, seven to ten, live local radio. Trying to do it better than anyone else because we just want to be in cahoots with one of our partners, that would be Dingman's, who tries to do it better than anyone else. But well, they figure things out. I, did, I can't even figure this thing out that you get. I will see them shortly as I have two new tires put on Goodyear? my vehicle. Whatever comes on that stupid vehicle out there that, <laughs> that costs a ton of money. <laughs> seems to be a nail magnet. Um, but yeah, fantastic customer service and timely, too. Got me right in on time. Walked me through. I saw my. My truck on the, I don't know, it's like up off the ground, whatever they put that thing on. and The lift? He's, he's like, hey, yeah, sure, that's a good <laughs> word for it. Like, we're going to tear these tires right apart word. and see what's going <laughs> see what's going on. And comes back out and he shows me a picture of not just one nail, but two. So, Which is crazy that it only was a slow leak for you. Yeah. So it's one is like on the inner wall and it's in the middle of the tire between the treads. So it's in a quote-unquote good spot but then we got into this discussion over like this the speeds per second and the rotation of new tires on all-wheel drive and and four-wheel drive versus not having new tires on just the front two and like the timing speed and i was like hey listen it's at least are you just nodding your head at this point are you it's so over my pay grade, but I get it. Shane Shane told me about this one time between having a tire that was worn down and a tire that's new. Right. The revolutions. Mm-hmm. But with my suspension, I, I'm doing both at the same time. But my front tires will be significantly 
worse than my back tires. So he was just telling me about, is it timing speed? Whatever it is, that can be you two dingmen so good at what they do. And they're busy, so make sure you give them a call because there was a line of vehicles. And how about Darcy stopping in? She's like, yeah, I'm kind of a stalker because I listened to the show, so I knew you had an appointment. I just wanted to make sure that it went well. And I was like, that is awesome. Super. I wouldn't even call that stalker. I would just call that. That's what she's. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. She's just cool. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, that that can definitely be you two. Four great locations, family-owned and operated. And you know, taking family and taking care of the community—that's kind of my baby. So, are you like driving through like a construction area at all? <laughs> I was so, thinking the same thing. Okay, when so he said listen, nails just pop up no, in my so tire. So, listen, you guys. So, Shane, this is how many tires in the past nine months? I don't know. I mean, I've known you for ten years, and it's got to be at least ten tires. Dude, I've least. had I've had a problem with okay, so, nails and tires too. So this this will be my f- four and five in the last nine months. Wild five tires in the last nine months yeah i'm so unfortunate i got a wheel weight stuck in my tire a wheel weight have they been on different tires opposed to a fake weight uh shana it has been the back right and the back left but mostly the back left so you asked me about my travel habits the only thing that i can remember doing every day Every day is going from 108th and Harrison to 108th and Center, taking a right on Center, going to 90th Street, taking a left on 90th Street, and going to Westside. That's outside of coming here. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that I do every day. Now, Center Street along 96 to 90th is you would think a with, debacle. But. You would think with te- technology the way it is today. That as soon as you hit the nail that year, they would just tell you. Yeah, but it's like, uh, it's like the story of my life. It's a slow death, man. Dude, I get it. I get it. I I took my car somewhere in Sioux City one time, mm. for a nail in my tire, got the car back, drove it, said low air in another tire. So I went to Casey's to fill it up. There was a nail in the tire. It got a nail. In the shop. I just found out that Casey's has free air. Yeah, it's kind of off to the just side. Just found out. You know who else does? Come and go. Well, there, there. Mm-hmm. I knew because when I lived off of North of Fort QT, I, I think does. I too. would go to the one on 129th and Fort uh, sometimes, but I didn't. And the Casey's one is kind of off. Mm-hmm. The it's beat parking spot, and it's every it Casey's the is coffee different. shop. Every one is different. It yeah. could either be on the side. It could be like next to the actual building. It could be like in a random parking spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all over the place. And I'm I'm uh, I've been going to Casey's because Zoe has a thing now for their cinnamon shiny donuts, which mm. is just code for cinnamon glazed. Yum. Yeah. So she would, Zoe would definitely be Team Honey Bun. Speak of the devil. Did we just speak her name into no existence? No way. Unbelievable. We just spoke her name. Is, is this because you felt bad for me? She is oh sensational. Oh, my as goodness. Darcy that's, in, brings, that's fantastic. Brings us cookies. Darcy, thank you. I, I, See, this I, is why we love Dingman's. Well, I do have <laughs> right to here. say, she, she let me off the hook slow because when the gentleman came back from the back, Darcy was just getting ready to leave. And to she people. goes, I, said, so hey, I said, hey, how's the vehicle? And he says, oh, I got a couple things. And I go, 
bad news first. And she goes, well, on that note, I'll see you later. <laughs> on that note, I'll bring cookies on yeah. Monday. <laughs> Today, 1130. Yeah. So I'm very, well, we appreciate you. I'm this very discouraged, great. but I'm very happy. But thank you for the cookies. Yeah. I'm taking one too. I know I don't deserve it, but I'm taking one. <laughs> no, I'll share. In fact, yeah, he's not a sweet guy. So. <laughs> oh, this bless is, this, her This heart. was planned yes. so I could have the full batch of cookies. Well, take care of Shane. He wants to come from back there so yeah, bad. I know. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Darcy. Yeah, so on the bad, I know that was what weird. A tri- what a thing. Just that was like, awesome. Smoking into existence. Want some cookies? Shane, let's play Take It or Leave It. We got about half of uh, a segment left after talking about Dingmans and tires and cars and Which way do I drive every day? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Shane, kick us off. Take it or leave it. Travis Kelsey will be the last tight end to ten thousand yards in this century. Eighty No. Seventy eight years left? I'll leave it. I'm going to leave it. Because tight ends, like, they kind of come from I'm anywhere. A, I'm going to leave it. And if you pair the, uh, the right tight end, or if you just pair a really good tight end with a great quarterback, things like this can happen. I'm, I'll leave it. I'm going to leave it. Take it or leave it. Creighton will be a four seed or better come March Madness. I feel like we had this, like, months ago, and we were like, ooh, it's got to be a four seed, right? Because Creighton was, like, on that high. Four seed or higher? I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. They... I think in the most recent one, we're a six, but that was before the UConn win. I'm going to – I'm lofty prediction. I think they run the table. And win the Big East Championship yes. and become a, what, a three? Uh, they'll be a four-seater better. I'm taking that, Shane. Okay. Uh, take it or leave it. Do they want a game in which Kaluma oh. didn't make a shot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the ugliest game of basketball I've I, ever watched. I'm taking it. <laughs> four-seater better. Take it or leave it, Dylan Riola ends up at Nebraska. Ooh, no, you didn't. Had this conversation a lot last week. We talked to Mitch Sherman. We talked to Sam McEwen. A lot of people said yes. I will... I'm going to leave it. I'm going to say that he is going to end up at a contender school right now and if he changes his mind later he has that option oh gosh I don't feel great about it but today I'm going to leave it ask me again in three weeks okay Kevin suits (laughs) well I do like Kevin (laughs) I do too (laughs) I love Kevin. Go, Shaner. Take it or leave it. The Eagles will be back in the Super Bowl next year. I'll take that. I actually will take it, too. I think they are well put together, and I don't think their division's as difficult as people people think. Uh, I'm going to leave it. Got a great opportunity. Like, good to percentage keep Jalen Hurts healthy. The NFC East is on the come to begin with. Uh, I'm going to leave it. Take it or leave it, Patrick Mahomes will end his career with more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. Easy. Leave it. Tom is six? Seven, Seven. Right? Doesn't Brady have seven Super Bowls? I'm leaving it regardless. Not a chance. I will... I will... 
also leave it. He but has I six. It, Brady has six. Yeah, I, I think that Mahomes... I forgot he has one more than the... Mahomes can get up there, though. Like, it's not going to be... I don't think he gets six, but I can... He still I has could, four more to win. Right, but I could see him getting four or five. I'm going to keep it at... So, if, if I put the over-under for Super Bowl wins for Patrick Mahomes at three and a half, you're taking the over? At four and a half? Well, I three say, and a half. I would take the over. Huh? Mm. Four and a half, I'd be like... Ah, that's on the high end of what I'd like two to more be comfortable with. He is, he's the deal. And if you're talking five years, he already got two. What can he do in the next five years? How many more needs years two? does Come Andy Reid have left? <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's talk some baseball. Pitchers and catchers reported today. We'll talk about where we like the teams in spring next. Hey, we are back on the show. Happy to have you with us for a full three hours here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club, 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln. We're live on Twitter, and we're live on YouTube, and we are just enjoying the aftermath of Super Bowl Sunday. But there's also a big transition that took place, and I kind of alluded to it at the back end of our talk with Cynthia Freeland. Pitchers and catchers reported today, and I kind of feel like it's gone under the radar. Like, those that knew about it said something about it, but I think there's more people out there that didn't know that today was the day, because Mm -hmm. it just kind of came abruptly. Right after the football season ended, it's like, bam, here we are. Even though, when we talk NFL, it's kind of an all-year-round sport per se, right? Because you, you go straight from Super Bowl Sunday to the combine talk to the draft mm-hmm. to, oh, now we're looking at things in the summer and boom, the season's here. But when talking baseball, I don't know. I feel like it kind of flies under the radar a little bit. and Especially locally. Right. So, you know, I was reading an article over the weekend about some of the biggest question marks from every team going into spring training. And I thought maybe we take a quick gander at it, and then halfway through spring, we make our predictions, make our predictions, follow along with the storylines, and see. And you know, one of the big things we'll start in the AL East. There are a couple of big names to kind of pay attention to here, but you know, the Orioles had a season last year that nobody predicted they would have. They didn't think that they were shaped up to be a team that goes to the playoffs. They've always been at the bottom of the barrel, and come to find out. They were in playoff contention for the majority of the season, and and once we started to get later, it was like, wow, you know, I could see a scenario where the Orioles are in, but then it kind of fell off. And so the magic, whatever the so-called pixie dust that was sprinkled on top of them, uh, they just weren't able to fly just yet. But they did acquire Kyle Gibson and Cole Irvin, which aren't like names I get excited about. No. But not, it does add... Not, not like Reyes? <laughs> and uh, the Dodgers, on the you're, other you're hand, add child. Alex why are you, Reyes. Why are you g- <laughs> you're such a child. Stop giggling at my bad acquisitions. They, I'm not paying for a raggedy arm. Well, you did pay for a raggedy outfielder. Sorry. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> um, I'm not... I'm not listen, I'll tell you what, though. Alex Reyes, he was a beast when healthy, but boy... Ah, can he not stay healthy? Like, that's his thing. He was one of the best prospects in baseball. I think at one point, he was a top of the prospect list, like the MLB Top 100, and was supposed to be a huge member of the Cardinals rotation, then gets hurt, 
ends up coming back, gets hurt again, becomes an all-star closer, gets hurt again. <laughs> then all of a sudden the Dodgers are like, hey, we'll take you. Are you checking out this guy? We'll are take you. Shane, hey, are you listening hey, to hey, this guy? How will you come to our team? <laughs> wow. Because I want, I want to make DB sweat as much as when we had Kenley Jansen. Mike, you want to come back? I used to like you. That was cool. You're About welcome. five minutes ago, that was fun. <laughs> I remember those days. And we instantly went from the AL East <laughs> yeah. to the NL West. Yeah. In a matter of all I All I mumbled was Reyes, and we get jokey jokes for minutes. That's hey, okay. Somebody else I, I think is somebody people should watch is Yoshida over in Boston. Yeah, we talked about was, his signing. He was a big signing for them, but it's now it's like a lot of times when you look at players that come over from Japan, it's like, Will the game translate? Mm -hmm. It did for Shohei Otani. But is there another Shohei Otani, right? Because it's not like the NHL today where everybody has a Wayne Gretzky. It's like, no, it's Shohei Otani we're talking about here. Not just because (laughs) when you take a guy over from a different league that they can't be something special, but it's almost like, hey, the wishful factor of, ooh, this guy, he – Shows a little glimpse of this this cat in the league already, um, but you do pair him up with Rafael Devers, so why not, right? When you're talking about decent bats in the order, um, aside from those two, do you like what the Yankees are doing? I, I do, and I I think those arms will they're going to have to come around and, and be top notch. But the team that I like that made moves. For the other reasons than what you'd think is the Blue Jays. Because when you think... Did they do enough? Well, I, so here's the thing. You think offense, right? You think offense and they need quality starting arms. But they're so much better defensively now, especially in the outfield. Springer's going to move to right field. Varsho is, is, is a top defensive prospect. And you get Kiermaier, who's... Yeah, Arguably had, one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball. So now all of a sudden they look like hey, they look like, versatile. Like, like the twin, like the Twins defensively in the outfield, right? Hopefully the Twins can stay healthy this year. So I kind of like what they've done defensively. Now they still they need a stopper. Like who's that? Who's the front line guy that when you trot him out there can match up against everybody else's number one? They kind of piecemeal this thing together with their staff. But I like what the Blue Jays have done surprisingly on the defensive side of, of, of what they want to do with that lineup. Looking at the AL Central, and I, I mean, think— Varsha, Varsha, they, they can pick it in the outfield. Yes. And now Springer gets to play right field. That is true. Um, we'll probably keep this with AL today. Maybe we'll go NL tomorrow. But looking at the White Sox, that's a team that I think everybody's like, hmm— because even last year it was, hey, the White Sox are like my favorite to come out of the AL Central. And it just never like got put together. And, you know, with Liam Hendricks having what he's dealing with right now, you have Clevenger who you sign, and then all of a sudden he has domestic violence uh, baggage following him now. And so the starter they got is now like they're back at square one, right? Are the White Sox a team? That, that can put it all together. They're a young team, but... I think you're setting me up. I do. You think you they can worked, put it all together? You haven't worked with me long enough to know that one team that I constantly always question is, is the Chicago, is the Chicago White. White Sox. Because it's just something about them. Every year for four years, I keep hearing that this is the year. And I know, listen, won their division. I, 
I'm not poo-pooing the regular season accomplishments. I'm not. Um, but last year, you know, as Larusa was the butt of all the jokes and this, that, and the other, and when's he going to be out of there? And um, they had a hard time staying healthy, especially early. But the team that I like, uh, shame on me. And, and Brian Christofferson is going to laugh. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Mike Schaefer, because it's not, you know, the uh, the Detroit the Guardian, Tigers. The Guardians. It's not the Detroit Tigers. Oh, they should have had a better year. The Tigers should have had a better year last year than they did. Like can, I, that was my team that was on the man, come. I'm telling you, you and, can poo poo that division all you want. Tigers and I think for two good. years in a row, when we do our predictions after spring training, I'll give you the most, the 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 wins above the predictions and wins below. Like we'll do each of the divisions. Oh, absolutely. I've been pretty good at. Have that. you? Yes, 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 yes. Nick Maton. So the last two years. I stayed in the same division because I know it the best. But I took wins two years ago with the Giants when they had an unbelievable year, and I think it was like 62 and a half. And last year I took the D-backs, and I think they were at 56 What did you and call me? Oh, you said D-backs. <laughs> but I'm going with the Twins. Hey, I, I, like what, I like what they've been able to do. They, you know, Michael Taylor. I know you're shrugging, right? But you got Michael Taylor coming over um, who's going to help. Gallo's a good defensive right fielder. Hopefully yeah. he he'll, can. He'll strike out a ton. Hopefully he can <laughs> hit the ball at some point. But he won't have. There's not a ton of pressure in Minnesota. No, and Maeda's coming back. Yeah, uh, so, Kenta's good too. So I kind of, I kind of like. And they have Alex Kirilov. Yes, He's a good prospect. Yeah, I kind of like Polanco's low key fire. Buxton goes along with Kepler. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like what the what, Twins have done again. The, front, front line. Who's my hammer? I kind of like the local team too. Oh, I think they I think, should I think be they good. have a lot of question marks, but uh, you know the new staff. All they have to do is come in and fix the Royals' pitching problems. I have a question. Hit it. What are they going to do with Salvi? I you, you got to keep moving with him. Like you you, you ride. Where's that man he been out. in the pre? Where's he been in the off season? I know, I know. I mean, like I said, he tripped over his luggage, man. It's cool. <laughs> he said, "I know, I know." <laughs> I don't know. They, the uh, well, we get a healthy. Well, we get a healthy Trout in Los Angeles to play with. I hope Sh- so. That's my guy. Can I, I ask you about so. one other thing real quick? Because I know we're not going to do the NL today. Um, were you like, where is all this money coming from when the Padres re-upped on you, Darvish? Yep. It's amazing, dude. When you don't have How a salary cap have in baseball, all of a sudden. dollar payroll know, and, and just be eating that luxury tax. Yep. Not really a luxury. Just tax, have just have the owner be like, eh, I'll give you. Yeah, no, the threshold, or you'll just keep paying other teams in the league. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Hey, well, the team's like, ah, spend your brains out. How much is that? Another five, six mil in the coffers? Yeah, hey. we'll take it. Mm-hmm. But how? Like, was it eight one oh eight? What was the number for you? Six six one oh eight. Something like that. It was insane. And you, Darvish, isn't young. Like, let's remember that. He's 36 years old, and he got a six-year Six. extension worth... 108, maybe? Oh, goodness. You're going to make me watch a video here? No, I'm on. not, because I think we should be able to just pull it up. But I, th- I thought I saw 108, and it may be backloaded. You know baseball contracts. 108, you're right. Uh, why, why would I even doubt you, though? I mean, you're always on top of your numbers. I... I just saw – I just – I don't know why I remember that. But anyway, I'm just thinking, how? So, so then I wanted to read the contract because I'm like, they're going to sign him through his 40s. It's got to be backloaded. Doesn't it? Yeah. And we can dig it up. We can find that information. They just keep spending money. They're ready to win. 
they're ready to win, I, I and do. they're not afraid to spend to win. Yeah, well, we should do some predictions on where Tatis Jr. ends up. St. Louis. Do you want him? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? Give me Mr. Steroids. I don't care. Yeah. That guy's yeah. oh, that guy God, is yeah. a stud. <laughs> Hey, we have lots more to get to tomorrow, but thanks for joining us today for these three hours. We will see you then.